find your forte. Live your forte. Welcome to another Finding Your Forte podcast. I'm Seeps, and this might be your first time listening to this, or it may not be, but I'll give you a quick breakdown of what Finding Your Forte is about. Finding Your Forte is ultimately me sitting down with people that I respect, but not only that, people from different backgrounds, from different skill sets, from different talents as well, and really just chopping it up, understanding their journey, just having that introspective discussion about you know their personal development, the life lessons, and just everything in between. But today I've got a very special guest. I've known him for quite a few years now. Quite, quite got a bit of notoriety to him. But, you know, I'm going to introduce him as Moda Comedian. How are you, bro? I'm very good, man. Yeah, how's very, it been? very good. Um, it's kind of weird being called Moda Comedian, though, you know? Because, yeah. like... How do you refer to yourself now, though? Because that's always I've known you. It's almost like 50-50, but, like, I feel like I'm coming... As I'm getting older, I'm coming more into who I am, which is Mo Gilligan. That's yeah, my name, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But that's the name that... That helped me out. Yeah. Everyone knew me by that. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So if I'm in the ends of me, like, yeah, man, like, all the comedian. Yeah. So it's just like that's how people know me now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I never, I'm never one of them people who's like, nah, nah, don't call me that in it. Like that's what the hood know me as. It's just like. So do you use a different name for different circles then? I do, I do, because essentially it's like when I do mainstream, like Mo Gilligan is my name. Mm. Like, and the thing is, especially with mainstream, it's like I don't know. I feel like if you've got like a comedian or a comic or an entertainer at the end. Yeah it's kind of deemed as like, you're not serious. Yeah, I've always you wondered I mean? that. Like, I've, I've noticed that there's a, quite a few comedians. I think, obviously, the, the prominent example is that Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. And then there's a lot of comedians that are kind of, you know, underground or within the urban circuit or whatnot that refer yeah. to themselves as ex the comedian. Yeah. And I've always kind of cringed at the fact of that. Yeah. I was thinking, why do you need to enlighten it? Why do you need to make it blatant that you're a comedian? You should be just yeah. known for it. No, definitely, man. I think for myself, it's like, I didn't, I didn't give myself my own name as well. Okay. So when I first started off doing comedy, I was like, call me Mo. Yeah. And then it was like, like it used to be so flat. It, yeah. You know, I'd go to shows and be like, yeah, make some noise for Mo. <laughs> just, that's it. It didn't have nothing to it. Yeah. And then um, I was just like, oh, I was like, mm, I don't really want to use my surname. Like, yeah. So I was quite young. I, when I first, first started, I was about 19 when I first started doing comedy. Mm. Um, and I was at that stage where you want to be cool, you know, I don't want people. Yeah, that's that's that kind of of secondary school phase, you know, just left college and whatnot. Um, so I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. And then I've done a show, so that's probably maybe like my second show, maybe third show. In um, like when I mean show, these were like proper shows where it was a paying audience who didn't know me Mm. because before then I'd done a few open mic stuff and done shows where people knew who I was or loads of my friends came, yeah, yeah. And I don't really count those as shows because they're like training it's just like when man goes to the studio yeah and you're spitting some bars but you're like who's this guy do you know what i mean yeah. but this was like yeah if a man's on i'm on the set i'm <laughs> i'm like a hundredth in the list yeah but i'm on the set tonight yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm on i'm on rinse or whatever in it so um essentially i've done the show and i can't remember if they announced it or the girl organized it she's like make some noise for mo the comedian like because i wasn't known then innit? Yeah, yeah. so um and i was hungry bro i was hungry to make people laugh and it yeah. had a little set little something, something there. Um, and it was at the stage where I was still quite, when I was doing gigs, like especially gigs, but I was on the lineup. Um, I was always essentially like bringing friends to come as well. Mm. Or, you know, a friend from uni or someone would come for yeah. the support kind of thing. And um, it was really weird because it was at a time where Sunday show was 
you know, it was starting to kind of come out of his shell a bit. It was still that kind of... The thing is, I would describe on the show... Because like, I, when, I, when I was... How would you describe Sunday Show for those that might not know? Because obviously yeah. you've got to be from a certain generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how I describe Sunday Show, it was a comic... It was more of an entertainment type show. So you had singers, poets, comedians, mm-hmm. game shows. Um, all these people were from that kind of... I don't know that I'd like to say the word urban, but, you know, up and coming stage. Yeah. Urban, so you had like some it, people that were known, yeah. like comedians, like Richard Blackwood, for example... But you had a lot of unknown people who now today are massive artists, mm. you know. And But this was at a stage where it was still early on. It was like a secret club. Mm. So you had all these people there. And it was cool. It, it was, was a cool yeah. place to go to when it first started. This was like slug in the latest days. Yeah. Um, you know, it was in Soho, West End. Funky House was at its, you know, peak. as at its peak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, it was the kind of show where, like, everyone was just coming out of their house, watching some singers, some comedians. Then there, there hadn't really been anything for that generation before then. Yeah. You had similar type of shows, like mm. Corks Wine Bar was a similar type yeah, of yeah, show. Yeah. But I always thought that was a little bit for the grown folk, mm. a little bit. Because I remember going Corks. Um, the genre was different as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Corks, for me, when I went, I think I was like 18, 19. Mm. Going there with my friends who were all like 18, 19. And I'm, I'm there performing. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking around, you see a man in shirt, shoes, everyone dressed up. You're like, wow, this is... Yeah, like, everyone's like, adults here, kind yeah, of. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, so they showed had a, had a bit of a more low-key feel mm. about it, kind of thing. But there was that kind of cool element to yeah. it. Um, so yeah, like as I said, I kind of you know done a lot of those kind of uh, those type of shows at that time. Um, but I think someday, like as I said, no, go, going back to previous story, sorry. So I go to a lot of shows with friends, mm. essentially. Then I got called my own comedian. But as I said, I was very hungry starting out because I bring my friends, and that was just a thing of like I brought them here. I want to mm-hmm. be good, mm-hmm. and I want people to be like, oh, like, I want them to know me. I want them to yeah, know yeah. who I am. And that was that was what it was all about when I first started getting my name out of there because I'd done a lot of smaller shows where it went good. Yeah. And I'm not... I, I. It's really hard to always say this because sometimes you can say it and be like, oh, yeah, I bet it did. But for me, it was going good. I was mm. doing good at shows. People yeah. were laughing. So I'm like, no, I'm good at this, innit? I'm all right, kind of did thing. Did you want to be a comedian? Do you know what? It was weird. I'll be honest. I wanted to be an actor, innit? Okay. That was my thing. Like, I wanted to be an actor. Did you go to drama school and stuff? Or... I went I went college mm. and studied drama there. I've always been told, though, like, I should have went brick school, innit? Mm. That was one thing where I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. from school, like, I was like, oh, you should be in brick school, man. Yeah. But then I think with me, I always had this, like, I'm a very laid-back person. Mm-hmm. So I knew if someone would have done the whole application form for me and said, duh, 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 I would have went. Yeah. Here it is, this is where you go. But I just do it all myself. Mm. And I was like, nah, that's just long, innit? I can't bother. Was that more of a lack of family support or was it just a lack of conviction? I think it's a, a mix of... 50-50 because my mum was you know my mum's always been working yeah. so my mum doesn't have time to be like let me help you look for how to get into the Brit school and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff do you know what I mean yeah. um, my dad's always been a very busy working man as mm-hmm. well but my dad's always pushed me more into sport and football okay like because I, I played football since I was like maybe like 8-9 eight, 8 eight, yeah between 8 and 9 well you good so yeah good man I'm both weird innit okay. so I'm left and right footed so I always let people know look man <laughs> man can spray with the left and spray with the right <laughs> But um, no, the thing is, I wouldn't say I'm like, yeah, man, like, but I think if I would have kept that, even now, I reckon I could easily play semi-pro. Yeah. But I think what's got the better of me now in terms of football is just injuries and a lack of enthusiasm. Okay. If I was as enthusiasm as I was when I was 14, then, and now, mm. at the age I'm at now, which is 28, then I'd be all for trying to yeah, make yeah, it pro. Yeah. But I don't know, I've said, I've seen friends who have kind of taken that, I'm gonna, oh yeah, I'm gonna go pro and do this, mm. and they never signed for the big clubs, but they were they were good. Yeah, you know, like in, in you know in your area, like yeah, that was this guy who had the yeah, left he foot, sick. and yeah, yeah. he had the left foot. And he played for a couple, you know, semi pro teams, but he never made it. And I never mm. look at them people like right, but I thought that could easily be me because yeah. that was more than one person that was that good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I was never the best, and mm. I was never the worst. I wasn't in the middle. I was just a little bit above average. Okay. Do you know what I mean? 
Because, for example, like, people would say, like, they'd say, like, cool, I can cross a ball really yeah, well. Yeah. I can find someone. Not like a Skulls type, but, you know, like an old school Beckham type, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Kuehl type mm-hmm. of player. Like, because I used to play on the wings, essentially, innit? But then it's like, I'd always be like, my fitness, for example. Yeah. They'd be like, no, it's good, but fitness, man. I'm like, I don't care about fitness. Give me the ball, I'll cross it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, was, that was always my outlook on that. So I think in terms of if I would have pushed myself, I think I could have went down that route, went to Brit school and maybe went to drama school. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I've always wanted to be, when I was a lot younger, I wanted to be an actor. And that was probably, because that was the one lesson when I was in school where I could be me, essentially. Mm. Because in terms of a lot of mainstream academics, you're back. Uh, my dad used to teach me a lot of things very early. Not so much teach me, I'd sit me down, but we just have long conversations. Mm-hmm. And he'd tell me about this, that, you know, things like slavery and, and black people before slavery. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you could imagine being like 11 years old and told, being told that information. And then yeah. I'm in year eight and you're telling me about slavery. I, I don't really care because yeah. I've been taught, I felt like I, was got, I got taught a proper way. So I remember like being in a history lesson and asking my teacher, I was like, yeah, but sir, like, why don't we get taught about black people before slavery? Yeah, yeah. And he didn't know what to say. Mm. They were, he just kind of, oh, well, you know, yeah, well, there's, yeah, black, yeah, the Egyptians. And it yeah, just kind of, just drifted just, yeah, he's just like, yeah, but anyway, guys, come, and it's just like, bro, like, and I remember seeing that early on at like 13, 14. Yeah. So I always had this kind of thing of um, being taught in school. Like, if I wanted to learn, I will learn. Mm. If not, then I don't care. Yeah. And that wasn't essentially having a cockiness from my father being like, listen, this is, you know, this is this what I'm teaching you. Works, yeah. But I just always used to like, I don't know, there'd be certain lessons I wasn't interested in. I, was, I did like history, don't get me mm. wrong, because I was always interested in history. But then it's like, my mum made me pick geography, for example. Mm. I wanted to do, she's like, yeah, pick geography. And I'm like, why? And she's just like, like I, I think for myself, I enjoy geography to know where places are yeah. in the world, what parts of the world are like this. And But then when I'm being told about history of the rainfall in... Yeah. I was just like, this is shit. Like, <laughs> this is, do you know what I mean? Because I was sitting there as a kid, just like, bro, I want to know about the world, and you know, like. So, would you consider yourself academic, or was it a thing where going doing drama, then kind of spawned this idea of where, alright, cool, I want to be an actor. Yeah. So then, how did the comedic element come in place? So comedy always came in because in school I used to crack joke in it. Okay. So, so I was a class clown. Yeah, I was a class clown. Not so much in the class outside to like break time. Mm. Like there used to be a big football pitch. Mm. And I'd be the one busting jokes in it, okay. like taking the piss out of people. That was my thing, mm. cussing people. But it would it wouldn't be like a malicious. Mm. It would always be jokes kind of thing okay. in it. Um, like I wouldn't sit here and be like, Mel's the toughest guy or the good looking guy in school. Yeah. I was the funny guy mm. in school. Everyone in my year will remember me as that. Yeah, Mo, he was one of the funny people mm. in school. And um, it was really that's what I mean when I used to like be like I used to bang out football, bro. Like yeah. I used to be like, yeah, I play football at Sunday. Remember, like, even guys around my area used to be like, hey, fam, you should do comedy, you know, because <laughs> you're funny, like, yeah, yeah. you know. When the older say that, I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, but I want to do football, yeah. innit? But um, essentially, I used to cuss a lot of people in school, innit? Mm. And I used to like, for example, when we was on the bus coming home, so I was catching one eight five home, so I'd catch that from like say like Victoria, because I went to Pimlico okay. school basically. So I catch that from Pimlico all the way to about. East Dulwich, Camberwell. Mm-hmm. So that's about 35, 40 minutes journey, 26 traffic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, about, about 35 minutes. Um, so me and my friends would all like, if we lived in the same area, we'd all catch that bus. Mm-hmm. So then I'd be like, busting joke on that bus. So cracking joke, whether it's like cussing someone or we're making. Da-da-da. And I used to see like people who were normal passengers I'd laugh, yeah. essentially. So they'd be like laughing, and I'd be like, oh, right, like, this guy's laughing. I'm <laughs> my jokes. I'm yeah. cussing my friend. And, do you know what I mean? So and it wasn't like a thing of spark that said, oh, I want to do comedy. It was just more of like, when I then started, used to do like when I when I when I'd be doing acting, performing arts, for example, 
I like doing the funny kind of characters, mm. whether doing the you know the Cockney guy or you know. Yeah. And I think the one thing that really made me say, like, really made me want to to pursue acting as such, was when I was in secondary school. We done our year eleven play essentially. Everyone's got to devise their own play, basically. And um, me and a friend of mine, I'll never forget this. Friend of mine, there was three of us in this play. No, there was four. There was four. Yeah. One person, one girl, she dropped out. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we got two days to sort out this play. No, we got a day. Yeah. Another girl called uh, I won't I won't her name. I won't say. But she basically she was like yeah yeah I'm authorized. Cool. So then me and, so it was me, and then another guy called Jay North. Yeah. And then um now Jay the way I describe Jay he's like you know white kids, um very like just like yeah man cool like laid back proper laid back yeah. in it like like. He wasn't one of these kind of like middle class kids. He was just like, you know, he's from Elephant Castle and stuff, but you know, he's a skater and he's like, yeah, yeah man, cool, man. Just, yeah, like, cool, bro. <laughs> like, cool, bro, let's do that, man. Proper cool guy. Even when I see him now, I'm like, yes, man, like Jay, like. Yeah. So, um, basically, now, we've got a day to sort this play out, basically, yeah. innit? He said, listen, you got to get it. Now, I'm one of the highest pro- prospects yeah. in my drama year, innit? Okay. So, one, like, I know, like, my, my, my drama teacher, she's the one who said, look, you should do performing arts, but you're really talented. So she's obviously like, right, like you've got something there, innit? So I'm one of the kind of high prospects of, I wonder what Mo's going to do for his device play, essentially. So, um, yeah, so me and Jay now, we had a little, we, we spoke. So now it's the day of our play, basically, yeah? So I think our play, we're doing our play at what time? I'm going to say 12 o'clock mm-hmm. yeah, in the afternoon. So we've got a break, come off the break, it's our play, basically, mm-hmm. yeah? Me and Jay now, I'm like, bro, we need to devise a play in it. So you yeah. this idea in it. It's just me and Jay. This other girl, she's she's gone as well. Mm-hmm. There's meant to be four. It's now two. Two of us, yeah? So anyway now, me and Jay, we've done this whole play about, like, cool, what we're going to do. I'll never forget this. We were two, basically, we just done a bank robbery. Yeah. yeah? We're both in a police car. Yeah, we did it. So what we've done, we've done this device ourselves. So we're sitting there in the police car. And we're like, oh my God, I can't believe what happened. Da-da-da-da. And it's like, when I think back in now, I'm like, right, that was quite good. Because like, yeah. basically, we're sitting with two guys. You know, I'm in a police car. I'm like, I think I'm like Nigerian, not African. And he's like, like a posh guy. Yeah. So our plan is to basically rob the bank. It's yeah. a bank where it goes wrong, essentially. But we start off the scene with us talking about, oh, we went wrong. Duh, duh, duh. Lights come down. Then it's us in in the bank. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to rob it. So it's like, a re- what, it's called like a reversal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So basically, we try to rob the bank, basically. And it just goes wrong, innit? So mm-hmm. we try to rob it. Shutters come down. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to die. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And then it was just so funny. Like, Jay, I've never just like, I don't know. And he got this fake moustache. And it was like, I am not with him. And it was so funny, bruv. Like, everyone was cracking up. The guy who's the examiner, he's cracking up. And it was really, really funny, in it? And, um, yeah, we just done it. And then we do this whole scene when we go back in the police car. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen. This is a short, I'm talking this short, it's like 15 minutes and it was done. And like everyone was like, bro, that was so sick, bro. Yeah. Oh my days, you man, so sick. And considering what what potentially like two people, two people dropped left, out. and that was one of the things that made me say, bro, I wouldn't mind doing acting. Okay. But then I'll be honest, when I was, when I did do acting, I've done it at college, done it at university, and but I'd always like to do those roles. Mm. I liked acting and making people laugh. So you thought the natural step would then to be thinking, okay, if I'm not able to necessarily go into as an actor, go into comedy. Yeah, well, I'd always get a lot of people say, bro, you should do comedy. Yeah. And a family friend of mine said, like, I've got this comedy night on. It's like a small little clubhouse of a football club mm-hmm. called um, Dulwich Hamlet. Um, so he used to do a little night there on a Friday. And he said, look, I've got two comics that are going to come down. No, no, uh, uh, three comics. So there's one guy hosting, guy to open up, who's a well-known comic. Mm-hmm. I've got two middle spots. So I'll let you do the first spot. And I've got another lady. It's my first time doing it. 
brought all my phones down and I remember writing some stuff, just literally bullet points. I mean, I, know how to, I didn't know how to write comedy yeah. then. And I think with every comic, every comic writes comedy different mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I didn't know how there was to do it or, you know, I just like, I don't know how to do yeah. it kind of thing. So essentially, yeah, I wrote a few bits down and then, yeah, boom, went on. I remember I only had 10 minutes, bro. I ended up doing like a good 22 to like 26 minutes. That's crazy. That's a I was, long time. Bro, because you don't realise when you, you first start. Yeah. You, you don't really like, that's the one thing when you first start, you're not really aware of time. Well, mm. I wasn't anyway. Mm. And I'm telling you, like, I'm not saying it because it's me. My, all my friends are there, some other like random people there. And I'm making everyone laugh, innit? Mm. Of these little things I wrote down and little accents. And I'm like, bro, shit. People are laughing at what I'm saying. Like, all my days. And I was on a high. I remember, I'll never forget, I was shaking. I didn't know what to do. Um, like, I'm smiling. And it was that one moment where I was like, nah, this is, this is sick. Like, yeah. People are laughing at what I'm saying, and I've wrote this stuff. And from that, just doing other gigs, a friend of mine called Tyrone, he's, he's, uh, his auntie had a wedding, so he was actually going to come down and do some comedy. That, for me, I would always say is, like, my first gig. The wedding? Yeah, mm. because I wrote some stuff, I went there, people didn't know me, mm. and it was at wedding. And that, I'd always say Tyrone's auntie's wedding. And I always said that to Tyrone, and then in the interview I was done, was, like, the first gig I'd done. Yeah. And then, yeah, from then, it just kind of carried on. I was at university time, and I was getting a bit... Um, I was doing, I was at performing arts or studying at university and I was just like getting bored of it. Yeah. Because I was just like, right, I'm paying for this, but I don't enjoy this stuff. And it was, it was some of the academic parts, but there was parts where it was like, yeah, you need to research about this person because da, da, da. And I'm like, why am I researching about this old fucking person? Like yeah. from the 18th it century. Your... It didn't, it yeah. never related to me. Don't get me wrong. I was never one of them people like was like, I don't appreciate what they've done because mm. I did, but I just wanted to get out there and do it. So you're, rather more a, than, you're more a vocational person rather than... Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I always have been, I think, since school. Yeah. And it's not a fact of, like... Sometimes I would research things and be like, right, dope, like, that's... He created that stuff, that's mm. why it's like this. But telling me to write an essay on it and why this is that, it's just like, it used to just kill my buzz mm. to the point where that's where comedy used to just be, like... You could imagine I first started doing Sunday show when I was at university. Mm. And that came at a time where... So what did we Sunday show, like, was you... Well, I remember you being a host. So did you go there as a comedian first? And then oh, yeah, man. I went there as a comedian, man. And um, basically, um, the guy who runs it, you know, because I was hungry at this time, so I was emailing people these shows, yeah. yo, can I come down and do a set? It's like a 10 minutes, um, you know. And, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I've done a little 10 minutes here before. And yeah. da, da, da. and then the guy who used to run it, which is two previous members, it was Napa, um, which is the MC, uh, Napa, um, and Marvin Harrison. So Marvin Harrison got back and was like, yeah, come down, innit? come down, do a 10 minutes, innit? you put it on first, right, right, right. I get down there, and one of my boys meant to come with me as well, my friend of mine called Louis. He's like one of my, like, like I've known him since reception, yeah, basically, yeah. innit? So we used to always, like, support each other. He'd have a show, I'd have a show, mm. he used to do music. Um, and, um, yeah, basically, so, go to the show, you know, it's in Soho, go by myself, I'm a bit nervous. I've mm. got this set, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, right, I'm a bit nervous. Like, I get in there, it's, it's on uh, Dean Street in Soho, I think. I think it's Dean Street, I'm not too sure. Um, you, like, Slug and Letters, you walk in Slug and Letters, which is like, if you know, mm. it's a restaurant. And I'm like, so, do you know what I'm going to Downstairs, go downstairs, these swirly stairs. And they've got this, like, big room in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a girl on the door. She's like, excuse me, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm one of the performers. Yeah. And then she, she's not sure if I am, yeah. kind of thing. So I'm like, I was really nervous. The guy who's there, now that's Mum Harrison. It's actually his birthday. Mm. So the show was packed. Yeah. There's a lot of people there, in it. I remember Kevin J was performing that night as well. And Kevin J just kind of come off the back of the success of... You know, MTV Base oh, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, yeah. what, Kojo's comedy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, so um, it was a nervous night because I was like, right, like, you know, Kevin here, you yeah. got my man's birthday, it's busy and that. So I was like, right. For me, it was just... I just want to impress. Yeah. I just, wanted, like, I just don't want people... Because no one knew who I was, mm. essentially, innit? 
So, um, yeah, I just kind of went on there, um, delivered a set, and it was dead silent, bro. Like, dead silent. Never forget, I was holding the mic and I was shaking. Like, and then I got my first like, laugh, and then they kind of laughed and had some other jokes, and they laughed at that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, they're laughing. They've been on some bits, and it was just that kind of moment of like, I think that was my. Like, you kind of know when you were, like, your time, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have even got like a. Like, that's, that's time, yeah, essentially. Actually, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that was just it. And then they got like a nice round of applause, and. But it's really weird because you go there, no one knows who you are, you do well. Um, I can't remember if even anyone said well done, essentially. Mm. But when you first start in, that meant a lot. If anyone come, would come up to you and mm. say, oh, well done, even, I, I, even if like, it was a comedian, essentially. Yeah. Um, nobody did that I can remember. Um, nobody was like, well done, even like, I think Marvin, I think, I think you might have said, oh, yeah, good, good set. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was kind of basically it. And then what happened after that, Marvin messaged me again about two to maybe three weeks later. He said, look, we're doing this, your mama competition, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Winner gets 50 pounds, yeah? So in my head, I'm like, right, oh, that's 50 pounds. <laughs> like, I don't care about the your mama thing, but I could win 50 pounds. He's like, yeah, it's going to be you, four other comics. Um, the best comics go into the final. I was like, yeah, cool, I'll come down. Yeah. So in the end, the other two comics, no, I think it was Adot. Adot was actually meant to be in okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out Adop, man. He's like one of my first comedy friends I ever met through mm-hmm. comedy, essentially. Um, but yeah, I think he pulled out. So it's me and Axel, basically, okay. in it. And um, basically, like, it's just, yeah, like your mama. Like your mum, basically, yeah. in it. And um, for this, I ain't gonna lie in it. I was like, man, wrote some good stuff in it. Yeah. Some good your mama jokes in it. To the point where I even planned it in it. I had a pair of, like, big, big, big knickers in it. Mm-hmm. They were brand new, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Big panties in it, as my back pocket. So I'm doing the mum, your mama jokes now. I'm winning in it. I'm doing. I'm throwing out bars because I'm. I'm like, yeah, your mum's so. Your mum's like a mosquito. I've got to slap her to get her to stop sucking. Ooh. <laughs> like people are like, you know that then your mum was yeah. like, raw. Like, this guy yeah. came for fire in it. And then like everyone's like, and then Axel went, and then some of these are like, oh, yeah. and is that case Mo again? And you could imagine like. I'm still at this stage where these people don't know me, innit? Yeah. So it's this level of like this impressing people that I don't know, which I used to really thrive off. So, um, yeah, and I think that was in, like another time. I think the next joke was just like, yeah, like your mum's so nasty when she takes off her knickers, it sounds like Velcro. <laughs> like, I was going in, innit? I came for blood, innit? Like, I'm sorry. You that 50 pounds. Yeah, I was worth the 50 pounds, innit? So then Axel come back, he had a really good one. He said something like, your mum's, uh, your mum's like, uh, a, a phone network she used to be on Virgin now she's on page you go like, oh, so I was like yeah, oh yeah. so I was like what's he going to come back now because I'm already winning innit so I said oh, do you know what I would cuss your mum but listen tell her I'm sorry innit like so I was with her last night and I went in my back pocket and gave him the big panties innit yeah. so oh <laughs> my god oh my days so um yeah and then essentially done the thing then it got 50 pounds a lot of my friends came to that as well um so how many gigs did you do that what unpaid because I feel like again you talk about Sending all these emails out and mm-hmm. doing all these shows, and you were relatively young. You were like what, eighteen, nineteen, twenty? I was about yeah, about nineteen, twenty. Yeah, and it's like doing all those shows. Yeah. It's like I, I would imagine like how many free shows do you think you've done? I don't know. It's weird because it's like, even though I got paid fifty pounds, there'll be time when you do other shows, and it won't be paid. But then it's like, you knew that if you done good at this show, because it might be a regular show, you get paid at the next one. Okay. So you never, re- I never really used to look at it as like, oh, I haven't been paid and. Remember that I'd be like, right, I've done good at this show. They'll get me back soon again for another show. And then how that could keep, be... Paid. How do you keep that kind of... that consist- Not even consistency, but that mm. perseverance. Because like, everyone wants to get paid. 
Yeah. And I think in the very beginning, particularly in a field where you are performing, mm. be it a, co- a comedian, an artist, everyone wants to get that point where they get paid, but then there's so many shows you can only do for exposure. So how yeah, do you yeah. kind of keep yourself... I think for me, it was it was exposure what was the thing. It was about getting my name out there and building a brand. So Was that always the aim? Yeah, it was, because I knew I had to get my name out there, yeah. essentially, to be on the shows and... I knew that was a thing, yeah. essentially. So I think for me it was just a bit, a bit like, yeah, I need to just, I need to do these shows. There's so many shows that was happening at that, at yeah. that time. I was like, yeah, I need to do this show. I want to do this show. I want to get onto that. So show. was you always open to doing shows? So like, yeah, man. Yeah, if there was any type of show, I'd, I'd go and do it because yeah. I, essentially I know like if I make these because I thought, bro, I'm good at this, innit? Mm-hmm. So I had that confidence in myself to be like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can make these people laugh, mm-hmm. and then they'll know who I am, yeah. essentially. And it was just the beginning of that kind of, you know, that kind of MySpace phase where people was using themselves to promote not just yeah. like the social networking yeah, thing, yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. so um i think for myself it was just like using those tools you know like changing my name on facebook to um to like mo comedian you yeah. know what i mean those kind of things so when you search me that name That's comes up yeah. do you know what i mean um changing things like my myspace back then mm. you know even though myspace was kind of dying a little bit yeah. it was but all those kind of things though, everyone was in myspace I yeah think. yeah yeah but I think for myself is that I knew I was good at this. I was able to make people laugh and I was good at it. I had good friends around me as well that would also like be doing their craft, whether it's doing music as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd see it from that angle of like, right, like, you know, you perform for free, mm. but then you get onto this thing and that is a bigger platform yeah, yeah, for yeah. you and then you might get paid. Yeah. Like it become like when, when it, I think for me, getting paid doing comedy became a thing where I was doing a lot of shows for free and I feel like I was better than some people on the lineup that were getting paid. That were getting paid essentially, and it was it became a thing where I was like, I kind of want to get a bit paid in this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I thought well, I'm kind of good at it. Like I'm alright. Did you, know you ever ask to get paid, or was it a question yeah, you waited yeah, yeah. for them to ask? To I tell asked them? a lot of like promoters. I was like, so like, like, is there any like, is it a paid gig? Mm. Or and I used to be I used to be scared to ask yeah. because, these, scared? because these are people you don't know, and then you was just like you didn't want them to turn around and be like. Because some people say, well, you know, we can't pay you now because, you know, you're new and da 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 So they give you that speech, essentially. But some people say, unfortunately, we don't have the funds to pay you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you could come down, we really appreciate it. And it was always those kind of people that I always remembered because they, they'd be honest enough to say, look, we, sorry, we can't pay you. We don't have, mm. we don't have the budget for you, essentially. Mm. But, you know, if you'd come down and do it, we'd really appreciate that. And that was just like, right, they kind of want me there for me, yeah, yeah. essentially. Also, maybe because they might need to fill a void. No <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. At the same time. Um... But then it was like some some of the you know sometimes I would ask people like can I get paid? They said nah, you know we can't pay you now because then I'd be like come on man. Have like, you ever been sold a dream or like a false promise that I'm getting paid? Like yeah we're gonna pay you we're gonna pay you and then you, you never get there, paid. You know, no 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 no. So is that nah, you're nah, getting paid? Or you're not? Sometimes sometimes you might get paid at a gig yeah and then the gig is all like like you get to the gig you've turned up on time. And then it becomes a thing of like, oh, yeah, basically, we ain't got enough numbers, so you're going to have to pay you a bit short. Mm. And sometimes you would look around and genuinely be like, well, there isn't a lot of people here. Mm. I can't, I'm not going to be that person to be like, no, you're I need to pay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so some people would say they would pay you a bit short. But sometimes you, I'd always kind of take a step back and realise what I'm doing and be like, rah, I'm standing up there for 10 minutes to get paid 30 to 50 pounds. So you're kind of pro rotting thinking So you do people. have to kind of look it in a perspective and take that outside and be like, no one else does that. Who yeah. does a 20 minutes work and gets paid 50 pounds? You know true. what I mean? That is true. So that's what you do have to kind of look at it in that sense. Um, and I used to do that a lot. And I don't know, I think that's where I did have that perseverance. And it was, it's never really been about the amount of money. Yeah. Like until for me, it became like, 
I, I, I did used to kind of put myself out there, not as a business, but as a brand. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, I was going to shows, a few people might know who I was and will be like, yeah, if I must see you at one show, man, you're funny. Mm. So I'm like, rubbish it, people like, knowing who I am, essentially, you know. So then going back to what you said, but when the Star Sunday show, um, the guys who run it, like they were doing this thing where like they might have like Jazzy, for example, yeah. host it and then Miss London host it um, because the main host was um, a guy called Little Man, mm. Lee Little Man. And Jamie Howard, they were like the main yeah. hosts, and everybody knew them as mm. well, kind of thing. So it was like, yeah, like everyone knows them and stuff like that. They were the main hosts, um, and no, nobody knew me. So essentially, when I did, when they said, yeah, like we want you to host, for me, I was like, right, you guys want me to host? Yeah. Like they sat me down. Um, I think it was in Westfield, maybe. I can't remember where it was. I don't even know. But they kind of set me that, sat me down, and they said, yeah, we want you to host. We want you to be the host of Sunday show. And this was at a time where there were other comics who were doing their thing at this time. You know, like like Miss London, she used to be one part of the the Sunday show host as mm. well with Little Man and Jamie Howard and stuff. And then they was like, yeah, we want you to host. For, for me, it was a big thing. Mm. I was like, right, I'm hosting Sunday show. Like, mm. But no one knew me. So I kind of like started back to square one because I had gone from getting my name out there yeah. to then being like, I'm now the host of this show. Was that a hard step to take back? Oh, well, the thing is, one for me, it was like, I'm now going to be getting paid a bit regularly yeah. and I can get myself out there, mm-hmm. essentially. So I did, I became that guy, I was always the one hosting, I'd be there every single week, because, you know, Sunday show was a weekly show. Did you, was there work ever conflict with that? Like, did you have a job then? Like, um, the standard, you know, retail I, job or whatever maybe the I case. think I did, you know. And, but the thing is, it didn't really clash, because Sunday show would start at about 8 o'clock, mm. 7.30, and I'd finish work about 6. Okay, so it wasn't So true. I did have a bit of time to get home, eat a bit, and then go back out. Mm. But you could imagine I hosted that show every single week. There were a few times where obviously Christmas. It was a few or, years though, wasn't it? Like you yeah, yeah, like I hosted that show for a good two and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah, like every week, like I missed birth. I'd, like not so much missed, but like <coughs> it'd be like <coughs> so. It'd be like mum's birthday, going out for a meal, mm. looking at the time. Yeah, my money to leave. So I gotta go Sunday show. Mm, that's crazy. Like but then it, it didn't well. really make. It didn't really think because like, mm. like my mum knew she's like, oh, this is your thing that you yeah. do. You know what I mean? And um, as I said, Sunday show started to grow. So, for example, it went from Slug and Bass, then it moved where they tried to find the other venues, and then they found their venue in Strawberry Moons. Yeah. Now, this is the time where Funky House was there, yeah. is the thing. Mm-hmm. But, but Grime was becoming more, I call it the kind of luxury phase of Grime, where guys were talking about Louis Vuitton, um, Ed Hardy, yeah, it became that kind of luxury time in grime. It wasn't yeah. grimy like man's on yeah, the roads. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. It was like man's dancing, like it, it you know what I mean. Fabulous kind of time. Yeah, Rolex sweep. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. kind of times, yeah. you know. So grime was a bit more like it wasn't grimy. So I'm at the I'm at a stage where I'm hosting this show every single week, mm. and now you've got like like people like I remember when, when Scorcher came, mm. Scorcher and Rich Thirty Two come. Wow. Now I've been a guy who used to watch these guys on Tim Westwood and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, I'm like, ah. My school is there, you know. My rich is there, and then you know I'd almost want to like be really good that night. So it'd be like, right, oh, them man were laughing, that yeah, man yeah, would, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that used to that used to be my thing. To that was your like, motivation. Yeah, because essentially they're people I would look up to and watch their stuff on mm. YouTube. That would like laughing and liked my stuff. Mm. And I never forget when uh, I think when Scorcher was there and he was like, "Yo, bro, what are you saying, man? Yeah, but you done your thing last yeah, week, yeah. man. I was like, say, man, what are you drinking, bro?" So at this stage, now I've never been a massive drinker, innit? Yeah. But I was just like, no, no, of course, like, I'm gonna get you a drink, man. What are you drinking? I was like, brandy and coke. Like, cool, I'm gonna get you brandy and coke. So I went, it was basically, it was sure my house to work, is it was kind of upstairs in the bar, and you go downstairs, mm-hmm. that was where, like, we used to basically, like, kind of, like, I'd get a running order for the show mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff for the toilets were. Come back upstairs, scorching, like, yeah, bro, I did your brandy and coke, bro, do your thing, bro, do, do, do. 
And then I think Rich was there and he's like, yo, bro, you're sick, man, last week, man, mm. come last week still. So to kind of get that, like, ratings from those kind of guys, where it's like, I don't, I, n- I never look at it and it's like, no, nah, but he was begging it. I'm like, no, nah, they weren't begging. They were just being like, you were funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just like, rah, thank you. Like, yeah. you know, like anyone would, if anyone's ever met me and they say, yeah, you're funny, I always take a bit of time to, oh, mm. thank you, man, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, I think that's the one thing about it. Like, even when I first met you, mm. I met you through, obviously, friends of friends. And yeah, always, yeah. you was always approachable. And even if I saw you after, you always made it feel like it was personable. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, man. I guess one thing I would say that's probably to your, that's, a, that's one of your graces, I guess, is that you never really walked around with an ego. No, 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 no way, because I know where I've come from, to being the guy who no one knew, mm. to being, like, going to Sunday show, like, for example, when I, sorry to cut, but when Strawberry Moons moved to Sound, yeah. it was at a big up platform then, yeah. like, we were having, like, Sound three, four hundred people at yeah. a time, so when you walk in the door, the show is there, innit, yeah. the stage is there, literally you walk through the door and it's dark, innit, it's a little kind of ceiling above you, basically, mm. the bars to the right, and there's just chairs. There's about two, maybe 250 chairs. And then they had this little corridor to the left. So you, I'd literally walk in, go up the lift. Oh, no, the stairs, sorry. I'd go up the stairs, walk in. And there'd be people there already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd walk in. Oh, man, like, whoa, what are you saying, girl? You're cool. Hey, fam, you killed it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went from, like, and I don't mean to say, like, yeah, my man was the guy, innit? But I essentially went from being the guy who nobody knew yeah. who was hosting the show to being like, oh, bro, this, this is the host. Yeah. Uh, this guy is funny. Like, this is why I come. Yeah, there was an expectation. Yeah, there was an expectation. So every time I met people and they were saying, like, yo, bro, you're funny, I'd always be like, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Because... You've had a bad night, though. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Like, hosting that show, I'd host it every week. And sometimes I'd host and be like, like, I wasn't as funny as I could have been. Yeah. But I used to have a thing where, like, I'd, like, always write it each week and be like, I'm going to write this, I'm going to try. Because that gave me a platform to try stuff. Mm. So it was, like, the way of experimenting stuff where if I've done it with music and like I used to do stuff with the smoke machine mm. as a prop and I do that as a joke do you know what I mean I'd be like yeah so you know you smoke weed and then I blow it out and the smoke machine will <laughs> smoke and that's the stuff that I'd like to try because I think for myself it was just that like I'm hosting here every week mm-hmm. I've got free reign to everybody knew who I was um like a lot of people I wouldn't say everyone but mm-hmm. a lot of people say yeah I like Mo he's cool da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of have a free reign of trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it is telling a 20-minute story about, you know, like I'm used to have a joke when a girl comes to your house and stuff like that. Yeah. So if it is, I could do that because everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to do the thing, man. You're funny. Da, da, da. So, so there's no restrictions in that respect of like, oh, you can't nah, do man. this. No, no, no. Them guys are like, go out and do what you do. Kind of. Sometimes they'd even come to me and be like, you know, man, she was a bit black. You need to really yeah. get in it. Yeah. And that was almost, that was kind of hard because sometimes I'd sit there and be like, well, it's, it's not my fault. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But then sometimes you might have an act on before, like I'd bring on someone and they might bring the mood down or, mm. you know, they could be a bit deaverish or they've just done one song and then you're looking at and then like, bro, we've still got 20 minutes to go in this yeah. first half. So I'd have to then be like, I'm going to try that joke I've done. Yeah. I, I read the other day, I'm going to try it. It's 20 minutes, but I'm going to try it. And some, some would work. Some wouldn't work, but like I never felt like that was it, it was dead. Because have you been heckled? Um... It was weird because the thing is, at Sunday show, everyone... Not necessarily at Sunday show, but having been heckled, oh, period. Well, the thing is that you always get heckled at shows, but it's how you take the heckle. Mm. So, for example, like, I've had shows where people have felt the need to, to ask me questions back. And I'm like, this isn't a seminar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I, the thing is, part of comedy is, is heckling, isn't it? Yeah. But I've never entertained the heckle. Okay. So, I can't think right now in my head where I've been on stage and someone said, you're shit, yeah. or get off, or... 
Because mm. I might hear that and be like, so I'm saying, I might say, you're shit. So I'm like, okay, cheers, thanks. Anyway, as I was saying, so I'm not even paying attention to that heckle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, I've just shut you down, I'm going to carry on with it. Because yeah. if, if I say, what? What? So I'm shit, yeah? Then everyone's just like, everyone's heard it, yeah. and now I'm going to entertain it, mm. and then I'm going to make that person a thing. Um, but yeah, you do get heckled. You get people who answer back, some people that talk. You might say, oh, guys, could you kind of be a little bit mm. quiet because, you know, I'm doing, you know, doing my thing, basically, yeah, yeah. and some people don't want to be quiet, so you might have to you know, say something about them. And I don't like doing that stuff, innit? But I still like having a thing of just like, like I've gone to shows like, and I've like, travelled all the way to Leeds mm. and I'm doing the gig and I remember doing this show, this was only like last year, maybe two years ago or so, and this one girl was just talking right in front of me and she, she spoke when the host was on. So the host has already kind of got her. Mm. So you just think, I'll leave that to the host and the audience thing, basically. Because yeah. I don't really like to take the piss out of my audience or... Like, it's not essential. I might ask them questions, be mm. like, so guys, what do you think about this? Da, da, da. So I kind of open up. So I might just be like, oh, so have you ever done that with your dad? Mm. So it's just, it's just a yes or no question. So you never pick on an audience over that? No, 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 no. Because one, I think it's not fair. Yeah. They've come to enjoy them show. They've come to enjoy the show. I might ask them a question. They might say, oh, what do you do as a job? And they say something like, oh, well, I look after kids. Mm. I'm like, what kind of kids you look after? Doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, well, you seem like a happy teacher, don't you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's just, but that's, that's that. I'm not like mm. to the point where I'm going to really home in on that mm. person um, but, and then essentially like some people you don't know who some people are just because that show it doesn't mean they can't bunch you up after the show this is true do you know what I mean and I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm at a show and then I've got to feel like I need to explain myself afterwards mm. but sometimes it's been miscommunications as well I remember doing a gig um, for a friend of mine um, KG the comedian shout out KG um, very good friend of mine comedian friend as well and um, he had this show so I used to have this thing of like so when some someone was in the audience, I'd say like I basically be like, oh, so um, so I'm like, oh, what's your name? And um, and then I'd say to the person, oh, I said, don't worry, I'm not gonna take the piss out of you. Like mm. you know, like your name's like Clarissa, and I would be like, oh, comedian. Oh, yeah. But and then and I'd say that, and I'd mm. basically say that kind of thing, innit? So anyway, she's sitting there with her boyfriend, yeah. And anyway, after the show's done, everyone's like, oh, bro, good show, man, da da da, and whatnot, talking, and just chilling around. And the boyfriend's still sitting there with his girlfriend. He's just screwing me, so I'm just like. Okay, yeah. so I went up to them and was just like, oh, sorry guys, I wouldn't, you know, I hope you realise, no, I wasn't taking the piss out of you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. but it's like, I explain in the joke, I'm not here to take the piss out of you, I'm just saying, what's your name, yeah. and I'm just like, don't worry, I even say, don't worry, I'm not one of these comics that are going to take the piss out of you, yeah. and then you say your name's Clarissa, and then I say Chlamydia, mm. that is the joke, yeah. that is very basically me telling you I'm not going to do that, Yeah. anyway, he hasn't seen it as this, because he's just seen me say, he's basically seen me go, Chlamydia! <laughs> That's what he's seen, isn't it? So, anyway, he's just screaming. So I'm just like, oh, what's up, guys? I hope you guys, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you yeah. guys didn't think I was taking the piss out of you. She was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's cool. Anyway, the boyfriend is still screaming, isn't it? Yeah, I say boyfriend, this guy's a big man, isn't it? Hmm. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So, about maybe three weeks later, two weeks later, I've done another show in Streatham. Now, this show was really weird because it was basically like a dinner. An entertainment thing, basically. Mm. So you have like some food, and then there'll be some entertainment to be like a singer, and I was the comedian essentially. Um, so basically, how the room works. Imagine performing. So on my left side is a corridor. On my right side, there's a room. Mm. Though they can't see because it's a room basically with a corridor and then a room. Yeah. So. The, the people at the dinner, the corridor, can't see each other, but mm. they can hear each other. Mm. I'm in the middle, mm-hmm. so I'm basically at the angle of this show. So when I'm telling the jokes, the people in the corridor, they're laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People in the dinner, they're not laughing. Mm. So it's the most weird show I've ever done. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, cool, I'm just aiming to these people, basically. 
Anyway, done the show, show's done. I, re I recognise the guy in there, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, oh, this guy looks more familiar mm. from somewhere, I don't know where. Guy, long story short, he's the guy from the last show, yeah? He goes, yo, what's good, bro? Can I, can I talk to you outside, basically? I was like, yeah, sure, something you maybe want to book me for a show, mm. or whatever, I don't know. So that's, that's, what like, yeah. that's what most people do, it's like, oh, can I speak to him? Mm. Well, what kind of shows do you do? Have you like stuff to do? Anyway, I'm in this kind of like, it's like a doorway, you know like when there's a door, a space, then there's another door, mm -hmm. basically. So we're in there, basically, between the doors. And he was just like, yo, brother, like, yeah, like, basically, like, I was wanting to say, you know, I was at KG show the other day. Um, I really thought it was mad funny, but um, I don't really like the way you spoke to my girl, you know. So I'm like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Basically, and what I'm saying is, don't talk to my girl like that again, because more times, I would have smashed you in the face in it, but it's not even that, but keep doing what you're doing, still a funny guy. And I'm sitting there just like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. So are you moving to me right now? Yeah. Or are you complimenting me? Yeah. Bruv, I was so baffled, bruv. Do you get a lot of guys that feel threatened by you making other girls laugh? Because everyone knows that every girl likes a funny girl. Nah, 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 not really, man. I think if you if you go to a comedy show with your girl and you're sitting there giving me the meanings because your girl was laughing, like, which you took to a comedy show then? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like taking to an R&B show yeah. and be like, nah, 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 I don't like the way you're clapping too <laughs> tough to that tree song. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um... But the thing is that what 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 it turned out basically that that girl was KG's sister basically oh, okay. that was brother-in-law yeah and then it was just one of them weird things where it's like I've never been threatened doing comedy being like yo brother don't like that joke dude. sometimes I've done a joke I'll be honest and someone's just like yo bro why did you piss at me mm -hmm. and I'm like no that's not me bro that's someone else mm -hmm. what no sweetie said that no 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 I didn't say that joke yeah. that was that guy over there innit? yeah that's not me oh I thought it was you so sometimes people mistake it for mm -hmm. you in it um. That was the one time where I was just a bit like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? What, you go to a show and then you want to tell me this two weeks later? Why don't you just tell me that on the day? Yeah. Well, because everybody was there and you didn't want to do it. So you see me at another show and mm -hmm. you decided to tell me that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of one of them weird ones where I was just like, okay, that, that, that was weird because I got complimented, but then I still got threatened not to do that to who is my friend, who I consider my friend's sister. Mm. And I know that's your wife, but it's just like, it's not that though. And if you know that, that KG's my friend... Yeah. Like, it's one of the things like, that, I was even trying to explain, like, no, 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 what I was saying, like, no, no, no. So I didn't get a chance to basically explain what I was saying, but it was one of the moments where I was just like, what, what's, what, what is this? Yeah. Like, what is this that you go to a show and then a man feels like, I don't know if it's a macho thing, a bravado thing or what, but it was one of the moments where I was just like, that was crazy weird. Yeah. But I was just like, do you feel good now about yeah. that kind of thing? I remember telling KG about it as well, and he was like, no, nah, but he's just like a proper old <laughs> man, isn't it? So like, like um, taking it from... You doing Sunday show. Yeah. And I guess you've done it for, what, two and a half years? Uh, yeah, let's say about two and a half years. Two and a half yeah, years yeah. now. So then from Sunday show, um, how did you kind of, I guess you kind of worked in that kind of urban environment mm. to put yeah, in yeah. the most no, politically correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you've done Sunday show, I remember you coming to various universities, you came to my uni, yeah, yeah. killed it. Um, and it's like, how do you kind of transition from that to what space is that to the mainstream? Because mm. I'd imagine that for every comic, there's a ceiling within the urban industry yeah. to then break through into the mainstream. So, like, mm -hmm. what changes did you have to make from going from urban to mainstream? I just think I just needed to mature my comedy a bit more and just open up about myself. Like, when I think of when I was first starting, what I was telling jokes about was about going out raving mm. guys and girls. And, like, I've never been one of the comics to focus on race too much. Like, black people do this, black people do that, da, da, da. Um, Did you do the whole... Well, you did do some accents, but... Yeah, yeah, I'd always put accents in it. That always become. How do you feel about that? Because my opinion of like mm. comics that do accents, mm. I find it like 
Richard Blackwood when he used to do the Indian accent used to piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to annoy the hell out. Used, do you know sometimes comics do accents and they do the stereotype they, they they do the stereotype accent. Yeah. Basically, so sometimes they'll do an accent of a Chinese person. Be like, oh, I don't know, so I don't know, that. Yeah. Chinese people don't speak like that. Yeah. So if I'm I'm talking about when I go to my Chinese takeaway, I'm gonna try and do it as close to possible without offending mm. people. So when I do talk about, oh, how you do, sir? Mm. Oh, nice to have you here. So it's Because <laughs> yeah. that's how she talks. If yeah. you go to the thing, that's how she talks. Um, so if you sit there and be like, no, I'm offended. I'm just like, but I'm not trying. I could do that whole, how you do What's your order? Like, yeah. no, Chinese people don't speak like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, essentially for me, it's like, the laugh isn't in the accent. It's in the joke. It's in the joke. But so it, if I'm talking about my Australian supply teacher, that that is a that is a gag, not based. It is a based around Australian supply teacher, but the laugh isn't from the accent. Okay. Because I could be, you're on mate, I'm from your I'm like, no, he doesn't need to talk about You're like not that. saying anything within that joke. Yeah, I don't need to make you laugh for the accent, essentially. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Okay, but going back to like you breaking through into the major, yeah, yeah. it's like you kind of maturing your jokes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Were there any sort of pitfalls that you made or mistakes you made transitioning? I think, you know, I think with me, and I think it was when I, when I did go into that kind of mainstream field, it was when I just signed with my, my, my manager, my, my agent, uh, my agency, should I say. Um, with UTC and I kind of sat down with them and we started again mm-hmm. basically so they had seen what I have and it was like this is what you have and we're going to start again from what from what, from what we see basically and, and I what never seen they like anything. about what it's have. not what they didn't like it's what they did like which we focused on which helped mm-hmm. so they never said we don't like that don't do it mm-hmm. but they said you know what? we really like that and you can expand that like mm-hmm. this would really work in mainstream mm-hmm. but because I'd never done some of their mainstream clubs before I was like, I don't know. Because yeah. I'd done a couple like mainstream nights and stuff with, you know, not having a ma- an agent or a manager. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what to talk about. And I would talk about some things that I was like, okay, this it's kind of audience like that. But then I kind of did start again. And I literally started again in, to the point where I, th- I could see what I had a few bits. And he said, look, let's focus on one, two, and three. As opposed to, uh, you know, focus on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because that's what I had, essentially, mm. about nine jokes in mm. one 20-minute set. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And it's just like, let's focus on one, two, three. And there were some gems where, you know, like, where I didn't know it was as funny as it was until I'd done it in a mainstream crowd. Mm. So when I talk about my mum and, you know, being from Wales and stuff like that, which is true, it's all true. I didn't think that stuff would work mm. in a mainstream crowd. I'm like, they didn't get this, they didn't believe it. Mm. But it's true, and then when you try it, and then you write it, and then you know you explain it from it, like then it works, and you see people laughing, and you're like, "Raw!" Like I've almost found it so much more, like easier to write more about myself, my experiences, and my upbringing, and my surroundings, as opposed to be writing from like an outside perspective. You know, when you got a raven, and this happens, mm-hmm. or and this happens, it's much more fulfilling now, writing stuff based upon my upbringing, my life, what I see today, what I see now, my experiences. Yeah. And I enjoy it more when I'm on stage and I see some stuff that I do and I see people laughing and clapping and being like, oh, man, I really like this band. And I think it is using them talents that I did have from drama, like my physicality, my expressions, um, my timing, essentially, as well, my wording and how I would slow down the words. They're the things I work on the most, mm-hmm. not so much the joke. Because yeah. the joke will always be there. It'll always be funny, but mm-hmm. I always work on ways to perfect it a lot more. Yeah, That's one thing I've worked on a lot. Um so I think for me, it was just like, when, when you are making that transition to mainstream, it's just like, I think that that's something that's worked for me. It's not going to work like that for everyone else. Mm. But it's not as, sometimes comics see it from the urban world as like, 
oh, they're not going to get me, man. They're not going to know me. But it's just like, they're out to laugh and have a good time. Do you ever feel like you get kind of typecasted or there's this preconceived notion of you being a, coming from an urban, mm. you know, background in terms of like the industry itself and being yeah. black on top? Do you feel like there's a kind of expectations that certain clubs have where they kind of feel like, oh, he's going to do this type of joke? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think that's just like with comedy in general, though. I think when you're, when you're a comedian, you're from a, uh, an ethnic minority, clubs are going to think you're going to do the cliche. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm black, so I'll be in black. Yeah, doing yeah. Stuff. But I don't do that stuff. Mm. So when they then see it and they see you're smashing it, they're like, oh, this guy's funny. It's yeah. good. Just give him some, give him some spots. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then I think it's just like when you start to play a lot more in the mainstream clubs, you start to see what they like to laugh at as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the mainstream clubs. Some of the places where I've gigged at, like going to a festival in Oxfordshire mm-hmm. to uh, you know, a, a football, a working men's football club essentially, which mm. is just a load of guys, a load of geezers. They've got, you know, a little bit of, they've got like a little buffet at the back yeah. with some, some food. Mm. All t- their thing is about getting drunk and pissed. That's their thing. Mm. And you've got to make them laugh mm-hmm. in Chatham, in Gillingham. So you've got two different spectrums of people that are making laugh. And sometimes, like, I don't see it until it's it's kind of like about a couple months after. I'm like, oh, I can't believe what I was digging. Mm. Like, like, if I had a camera to follow me around, for about a year and you see the places that I gig mm-hmm. and I think if people seen it visually they'd be like oh my god mm-hmm. like this is where it is. I get I done a gig in a place called Wadhurst a couple of months ago this has got lovely place lovely place by the way um, but the people that put on the gig they put on a lot of high profile comedians mm-hmm. people like Stephen K. Amos um, you know like big comics in it so mm-hmm. they had me down there um, and another comic as well um, oh my god his name's just left me but um, really, really nice guy as well. So we both went down there, picked us up at the station. We'd done the gig. Now, these people are like most probably the, the richest 1% people in the UK, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the gig was, like, for me, I'd say I smashed it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. That's, it's just having that, like, yes, I do get a bit nervous. I do get a little bit anxious inside myself. But you do the gig and it's, it's like, it's not that scary as you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, it's easy going to being on the scene talking about raving to a crowd and you're getting them big reactions like oh my days that's me yeah. but it's like it's even more fulfilling when I'm telling people about my story and having the whole room laugh and you've got someone clapping and someone comes up to you after that room yeah. that for me is better so do you prefer obviously some people are going to say they're going to prefer the mainstream mm-hmm. to say let's call it the underground urban circuit now do you feel like the urban circuit the underground circuit don't necessarily are receptive to those introspective jokes that you do, those kind of experience type of jokes, and you've kind of got to play to that surface humour. Oh, yeah, well, definitely, because it's like, as I said now, I've, I've kind of got a set where it's like my 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 mainstream set or my mainstream bag of jokes, mm. and then I've kind of got my um, my jokes, which, because you got to remember, some, some even though it's a black crowd, it's a, you get different types of crowds in it. Mm. So you, I'm not saying all black crowds are the same or underground crowds are the same, but... You got two different types of crowds. If you look at if when I do a mainstream now on uh, Friday in Greenwich, mm. that's a crowd who've come after work, want to hear a bit of comedy, kind of having a bit a few drinks after mm-hmm. eleven o'clock. That's what their night is. Yeah. They don't care who's on; they just want to have a laugh. Mm-hmm. Fast forward Saturday, it's at a show which is in a bar, for example. Mm-hmm. It's been promoted for a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't a comedy night, comedy club. It's been promoted for a month. Yeah, you've got maybe like a really big comedian, maybe like Richard Blackwood headlining, mm-hmm. 
and you know I might be doing a middle section or whatever people have got babysitters you know there's people on dates tickets are 20 pounds yeah. to come so they're expecting a different type of laugh mm-hmm. like and they're expecting to hear certain things so I don't look at that audience like rah you lot just you lot are not evolving mm. it's just like that's that's a, that's a, what that scene is, and that's sometimes what people hear. It's, it's, you have to adapt because sometimes comedy is like um, an escapism mm-hmm. as well for some people. So if it is for the people on a Friday night, it's like, oh, no, I've had a long day at work, so I have a laugh. So as the people who on a Saturday saying like, yeah, I just want to come out and have a laugh, but it's it's in a, it's promoted to a different audience. Mm-hmm. It's you know you can buy tickets in a barber shop mm-hmm. or hairdressers. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? As opposed to just paying on the door because mm-hmm. there might not be seats; it could be sold out. So. I don't kind of, sometimes I, I, I used to like, when I was a couple of years ago, look at the audience like, bro, like, you lot just want to hear the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I think that comes down with the audience. If the audience stops saying like, bro, these jokes are boring, then we'd have, then some of them comics who play the, the you know, the black um, circuit have to change their stuff. Yeah. But until then, they're not going to change what they're talking about because the, the audience like it and they laugh at it and they've, you know what I mean? There's a different bravado, as I always say, where people, you know, dressing up really nice and... You know, guys will hire out a car for a day and yeah. be like, yeah, let me get... You know, sometimes you might do a little table at the comedy mm-hmm. show, we get a little champagne. It's a totally different thing where people are going to get a haircut, get their hair done for a comedy show. Mm-hmm. It's for a comedy show. But it's not a comedy show for them, it's a night out. So, you know, if it's someone who's, yeah, I've got babysitter tonight, mm-hmm. duh, 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 that's a night out. On a Friday and Saturday, it's a, it's a different type of night out. Yeah. So, I don't really look at it much more, much now as like, oh my God, they don't get they don't get me or they don't get mm. the scene. It's just, this is how that scene is. Yeah. But I I do enjoy doing more the mainstream nights. But sometimes you do the mainstream nights and, you know, they'd be like, mm, that was funny. <laughs> but that's essentially because they're just like, come out on Friday night, Thursday, I'm not yeah. bothered. So you do get two different types and it is, it's, it's really hard to explain unless you're in it. So it's quite hard for me, for people to listen and be like, oh, you sound like you're saying the same thing. Yeah. But now I can imagine if there being a variance in terms of not only crowd, expectation, mm demographic yeah, for example like if I do one of those type of nights for example I can say alright guys glad you enjoy it. and I've just shut down the place yeah. I'm talking like Hackney Empire for example mm. yeah there's about a thousand more people in there oh, I'll say guys thank you guys for listening check me out on Twitter and Facebook mm. that's one thing I always kind of plug Club. kind of thing um, <coughs> so <coughs> um, as opposed to doing a mainstream night where I don't even say that sometimes mm. I don't say it but people come up to me afterwards like, dude, when you next playing, man? Oh, I, thought, I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, did it all? They'll, you know, I've had people that just message me on Facebook. Okay. Like, Look, I came out tonight. Thought it was fantastic. When's your next kind of stuff? Mm. And that's that's the thing that one thing that's always confuses me. To you could I've done gigs where three, four hundred people in a room. I've shut it down, smashed it. Oh my god, this guy's so funny. And you're you're waiting around afterwards just with your friends. No one says well done to you. Yeah. So you can like leave them gigs like. That was weird. Yeah. It's made everyone laugh. But no one's... Like, you don't expect it, but I know what I've just done in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be cocky enough to be like, no, man's the best. You should say mm-hmm. it. But sometimes you do a gig and people look you dead in the eye and just walk past you. Whereas sometimes you do a gig at like a mainstream club and people come up to you. They come to find you. They'll be outside being like... Because I am a person I get very hot. After my gear, I like to just go outside, you know, what you know, wipe my brow from sweaty or whatnot to get some air and stuff. And I like to kind of have a moment for myself where it's like a couple seconds like, oh, that, was, that, was, that, was, that worked yeah. well that didn't work well because after that it becomes a blur mm-hmm. and everyone says oh well done man and then I can't think back so them kind of crucial seconds when you do where I come off stage they're like the seconds where I can kind of quickly think about it yeah okay that was kind of cool that worked yeah. well but um, yeah them gigs totally different people are oh, like you're great what do you want here yeah, so in terms of like you mentioned like social media in terms of like 
mm-hmm. Facebook plugging it, etc. What do you think of this? Is now a social media generation, and I think maybe for you, when you first started off, even though MySpace is social media, it's mm-hmm. different to what it is now. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of see these surge of viral comedians. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes a lot of people look at these young, funny men or funny mm-hmm. people. Do you ever feel like they are? devaluing what comedy is by calling themselves a comedian so like they're doing all these skits they're doing all these vines yeah and they feel like that they're better than a comedian mm. who like for yourself you've done the ten thousand hours you've done just the gigs you've been heckled you know albeit yeah. you know you know how to handle the heckling mm-hmm. now you've got these these new young wave of so-called comedians i guess mm-hmm. who like to call themselves as comedians but they haven't done that that stand-up comedy, but yet they still call themselves a comedian. Yeah. What do you feel about those young people that kind of do the whole comedy online and you know do the viral stuff and not to name names, but you know mm. you know the type of yeah, yeah, people man. that I'm talking about. I think I think um, this is it's for that generation, isn't it? Mm. So my generation was Grand Sunday Show and Funky House After Party. Mm. That was our thing, and there was mostly comics who were older than me that would be like, "Right, oh, you're not getting paid already. Mm. Do you know how long I had to do gigs? Well, mm. I got paid." So there will always be that kind of generation kind of thing. The one thing I always home into is, it's a bit like the Viners or Instagrammers, is just like, if you like doing this and you enjoy it, get paid for this craft. Mm. Because you obviously have a big following on whatever platform, whether it be Snapchat or mm. whatever. Like, And I think that's the thing. It's like some people do it as a hobby. Because it's just a little hobby. People mm. enjoy it. People watch my videos. Da, da, da. But I'm like, like, I remember like me and... Um, sorry. <coughs> I remember meeting Vujanic mm. when his videos first started to blow up and stuff. Mm. And I messaged him and I said, bro, you should get into stand-up comedy. You're really funny. Like, kind of thing. He's like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And he kind of gave it a try. done a few games at a Sunday show. And then he was just like, it's not really my thing, and it mm. kind of thing. But he's found his thing. which is He's like, found his lane, which is good, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Presenting. And, it, you know, with that kind of, I would say, I wouldn't say social, but, you know, he's like a YouTube presenter. And not even YouTube. He's a good, I think he's a really good presenter. Mm. And he's got his fan base from it. And... I think that's the thing. It's just like if you, like I've seen so many people who have been in a great, like op- that not so much opportunity, but they've been that guy who's yeah. been the you know that like, under funny vinyl, the mm. funny YouTuber kind of thing, and then it's like then another person comes and they'll just tail off, and then it's it's like they're still there, but then there'll be another person, mm. another person, and there are some people who like is that Jack Jones guy mm. for example. Um, now I don't watch his stuff. I've seen it on like the social medias and mm. stuff. Um, but guy, the guy, Paul, you know, he turns up at nightclubs and gets paid for it. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, I'd like to see the same thing happening with some of these guys. Mm. You know what I mean? Because with the, if you're getting 15,000 views on your Snapchat, like, like there's things you could do with that. Mm. Do you know it's what I mean? Audience. It's yeah, like, it's an audience. It's power. It's and I, I, I don't know. I, I do kind of sit there just being like, like, I remember I've, I've, I've done gigs in the past, like when I used to do my, my own comedy night called Cracking Up Comedy and we took it to a university and, um, I remember that. That was one of you in Shoreditch, right? Yeah, you're done in Shoreditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're bringing that back, by the way. Um, Christmas time, doing a Christmas special. Yeah. Um, but I remember there's, there's, there's uh, basically, uh, you know Mike's comedy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really funny guy. I used to watch some of his stuff on Instagram. For, for someone who was a bit younger than me that showed me his stuff, I was like, bro, have you seen this guy Mike's comedy? I didn't yeah. even know who he was. I'm like, yeah, Mike's guy's dope. So I thought... And the universe said to me, I was just, I was like, is there anyone you particularly want? Is that like, they want Mike's comedy? That's who they. So that's their age. So yeah. That's who they want. So I remember saying to Mike, I was like, bro, if you want to, like, would love to be great to get you on the show. You know that I'm doing and stuff. It's at a university, so that's already your crowd. Mm. They want you to be there. Um, 
you know, and I'd say like, yeah, we're gonna you know pay you, give you some mm-hmm. money as well. We're gonna all travel down there together, so you don't need to think about traveling. And um, yeah, like I, I'm not like one of these people to be that. Look, I've given you an opportunity, do, 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 because that just sounds a bit patronising. Mm-hmm. I find, ten, uh, but it's up to you if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was on it at first, and then he was like, "Can I bring my friends?" And I was just like, "Well, don't really know. It's not." It, it was just like asking questions that didn't really matter. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's just like if you can do it, come. Mm-hmm. If not. Don't worry about yeah, it. It's no, you know? no love lost kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, but it was that whole thing. Was like, yeah, no, no, no. I basically, speak to my manager about it, and I was like, I've just been speaking to you about it. So why am I going to speak to mm-hmm. a manager? And um, I don't know. For me, I, I wasn't sitting there just like, oh, did it. But it was one of them things where I'm just like, right, I've offered you money to do a show because mm-hmm. I, I know he's not a comic. But I said, if you want to do your kind of dilemmas thing or whatever, yeah. and try it out, I guess. and try it out essentially. Because if I was, if I kind of put myself in that position couple of years back and someone says £100 to go at university of a crowd that know you mm. it's not a crowd that don't know you because mm. if it was they didn't know and you said no I'll be like fine but I'm like this is your crowd this is the people yeah. that want to see you they want to take the pictures with you afterwards mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. that I find that's always a way to build a fan base when people see you visually and mm. to meet you and talk to you um, and then it's kind of broke down and then I, I don't know sometimes I kind of look and I'm just like these viners and stuff and YouTube Instagrams whatever you want to call them like it's, like, it's great but I'm like what you're doing with it. I think this is at an age where you can get paid to do this stuff now. Mm. So take advantage of that while it while it's still a thing. I don't think that, but then a lot of people don't know how to monetize it. Like, there's a lot of people who get the views, who get the clicks, who get the likes, mm-hmm. you know, etc. But yeah. they don't know how to monetize it or how to really brand themselves in a sense. Yeah. To make sure that, you know, they can reach out to advertisers, mm-hmm. etc. Like now, Snapchat is the new medium yeah in the sense where people are directly they engage when you get on snapchat mm-hmm. you don't even get on tv sometimes no so the people that are watching those 10 second clips but they're watching several 10 second clips that's a couple minutes yeah yeah yeah. that is more engaging than watching an advert in the middle at half time on a champions league final yeah yeah so a lot more advertisers now are looking at that but i feel like a lot of people don't know how these monetizing mechanisms so like for you how have you used social media considering it's a new wave because mm-hmm. i know like um, Axel uses Instagram very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You use it quite well as well um, on Snapchat as well when I used to have Snapchat. Yeah, you know, you know I think with me with Snapchat, I've always used Snapchat as just like, it's always something I do when I'm, if I'm being honest, when I'm bored. Mm. So if I'm bored at home and I want to just do some dumb stuff, I would do that. But I never do it as being like, I want to get followers through this and a new. Yeah, this is my intention to get something out of it. Yeah, because. I feel like now there's like once there's Snapchat then it's going to be something else and something else and even with things like Instagram like I don't have a lot of Instagram followers compared to a lot of people who do what I do like comment, I think like Axel's got like 15,000 mm. Kojo's got like 30,000 and I've never really pushed Instagram like that because I do like throwing up a picture of me and my nephew for mm. example or sometimes something personal where it's not just comedy skits or sketches yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean because I remember when Snapchat first started and I would put out all the funny memes and I used to get loads of people following me and my account was open and I was like, oh, like I don't know none of these people though mm. and they only like me for my, my funny memes and stuff like that do you know what I mean or silly videos think that's necessary though like in this know. day and age like I'm, I'm sure you're, you've got proof in the pudding to say actually do you know what I still tour I still do shows I'm still making mm-hmm. a decent living out of this yeah. you know I'm still getting opportunities so the social media stuff isn't necessary do you know what it is it's like I think for me it's like Social media is all, I've always used social media as a tool to promote myself as a brand, essentially. So I've always put up pictures of, of pictures. Mm. So I used to like trainers. So I used to put up pictures of trainers. That's not to be like, I'm a comedian, listen to sneakers, man. Check it out. Honestly, it's like crepes. 
Um, and I think that's the same thing. I think I just feel that I don't. I think that sometimes only goes to a small audience. So if I am going to put up all these funny videos on my social thing, people be like, "Wow, this guy's really funny." But some people would only ever watch me on that platform. Mm. And I think for myself, I'm always a person where I'm like, "Come to the show; it's funnier. Mm. It's much funnier." It's true. And I, I think a different experience. Yeah, for me, I'm always a person where, like, I remember when sketches was a thing where it's be like, yeah, everyone's doing sketches. And I never really used to be on it because I was just like, I could use this stuff for material, mm. essentially, as opposed to doing a sketch that people laugh at. For like, oh, yeah, it's really funny. It got a couple thousand views and likes. Then that's it. Mm. It's done. It's finished. No one ain't watching that again. Mm. And I think that's the same with either putting it on Instagram. And I think sometimes with YouTube, you can look at it as like, okay, I'm getting paid from it. Mm-hmm. But then you're putting it on Instagram and you just say, this is just free content. Mm. And I think... It's also a thing where, like, when I've have like when I've had meetings with, you know, TV people, or whatever, and they don't know that they don't know about this world of the Instagrams and people who have thousands of Snapchat followers, really? and they don't know that some people do. Don't get me wrong, but I've met people, and I remember I'd done, I put, I'd done a Snapchat video, and it got loads of retweets, loads of views on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is great, man. Mm. And off the back of that, I've done something with like um, a Snapchat US, um, kind of like television company, basically, okay. owned by like Rupert Murdoch, essentially. Mm. Um, it's kind of weird, like in my own morals, I was really like, man, I don't really want to do this. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, I'm not really in that position to be turned down this type of work. Can't, can't, turn, down, can't turn down that, but, that um, Murdoch money. Yeah, but essentially, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was only a pilot, but it was, it was for Snapchat US for mm. one of the kind of companies. It was just like doing comedy about content, who's so in the streets, filming it in like Soho and stuff. But that's just that's just off the back of that one video, mm. and that was through what my you know my agent knew some people that was looking for something like that, and they you know referred to me mm. on it, and that's just from doing one video yeah. essentially. Um, but I think it's also a thing where it's just like I like I don't know I'm not one of these people to be like I can make these funny videos because some like it's great doing funny videos, but I like to be doing stuff that I can potentially make a living off of it mm-hmm. rather than just putting a video getting a cameraman it's different for other people some people do it as a hobby mm-hmm. and stuff like that but I've never seen it in that sense mm. because I'm trying to I'm trying to get paid yeah. do you know what I mean I'm trying to make a living out of it but it's, it's, it's the different ways of getting paid yeah 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 you know so but then I think I think because I've seen like through the whole YouTube sketch phase and you know, now this is like the Instagram videos and stuff. You can get a really good following from it, mm. it? And I don't sit, I'm not sitting here trying to knock it. It's just not me in it. Mm. So I do, don't get me wrong, I do put up videos and stuff. And some of my videos have got, been quite popular and stuff like that. But I don't kind of sit there at home being like, okay, I'm going to make this video. And da, da, da. Guys, the video comes out at six and whatnot. Da, 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 da. Because I'm always a person where I want to do it live. I want to be able to get content. And if it is, that's what I mean. What I'm, I'm doing a lot of cool things that I'm doing now without having to do that stuff. Mm. That's you know true. what I mean? That's and that's, sometimes when I, when I look at it from a position that I'm at now, so if it is me writing, you know, a pilot, that, you know, to, to go out on BBC Three or, you know, doing voiceovers for like a cartoon, now I'm mm. doing that's going to be another pilot or those kind of things or going on like Channel 5, I'm on a programme on Channel 5 called The Funny Thing Is mm. and each week there's like a thing, so I think they've had, they've had children, holidays, um, which I, I haven't been in the children's I'm the children holidays I don't think I made the holidays one but I think there's one which is I think it might be like dating mm. Christmas and a few other ones but I haven't done none of that Instagram stuff so I'm not there as like you know YouTuber or anything I'm there as comedian okay. essentially do you know what I mean um, and that's the things but I'm not one of these people that I'm just like oh guys I'm on this man check this out like I'll always put stuff out to promote myself and yeah, like, check definitely. this out 
But um, yeah, that's but like speaking of like you doing Channel Five, I remember you was on CBBC. Yes, CBBC. CBBC. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what was it like? Kind of, I guess everyone working for the BBC is a different experience. What was your experience working at? Like? I've seen though, like I've known a few people who have worked mm. in the BBC on both sides, on as a, as an as an a talent mm-hmm. and as a you know management side as well. A lot of my clients and where I work as well, I speak to them and they work in the BBC as well. So what was your experience working on CBBC and was doing that kind of kid shows I guess? That's a completely different yeah. angle now because you've gone from the urban teenage you know young twenties to mm-hmm. a more mature crowd which is like the late twenties, thirties, forties, and now you're doing seven, eight, ten year olds now. So the thing is, I think with the CBBC show that I've done because I was. Being on that show, it was CBBC, so I remember telling people, like, oh, you're doing something with, like, babies and CBBC, I'm like, no, 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 like, the kids in it, I'm there for the youngest, like, like, but, um, that was wicked, man, and I basically got that, essentially, from a comedy show, I think, mm. you know, one of the executive producers, she seen me at the show, um, I had a meeting with them, well, I tell her, like, I've done another pilot, something for them, basically, a show called Yard Party, which is, like, a comedy show with loads of different comics and stuff, mm. I went to the like, place called uh, Princess Productions, I, I went there, Sat down, he told me what it was about. He said, Yeah, we seen a show on Saturday, mm-hmm. right there, there. And I'm like, Oh, wow, like, where did they see me at the hill? Yeah. Okay, like, <laughs> um, so yeah, they kind of see me at the show. He's like, Want to be part of it? I was like, Yeah, cool, man. Like, and yeah, I'd done that. And then from the back of that, I'd done a, a small, like, kind of audition for um, the Johnny. I was on the Johnny and Neil show. So, Johnny and I Neil, they're the main characters. It's a sketch show, mm-hmm. basically. And um, I was one of the characters on that, basically. Mm-hmm. But I played, like, the in house kind of studio people mm-hmm. essentially so my character I played like I Neil's cousin who's always trying to get on TV on the oh, camera okay, trying yeah. to be cool you know I got a little high top guy man, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff um, just like the cool guy like they even called me Mo so I had my mm-hmm. own name on it um, that that was wicked though man that was amazing because I think when I kind of I was there and it was happening when it was about I think it was like, uh, I think I was there for about a week and a bit because um, we'd done some filming before so it was only like two days but then I was literally in Manchester for about a week and a bit yeah. basically and it and um, for me, it was the best experience I've ever had because it was the first proper major thing I've ever had. What did you um, learn from it? Like, what was it working for, like, the BBC or the CBBC? I think, there? you know, just seeing how it's all made and it's all done and everybody's role yeah. and how everybody's role is really important. I think for me, I didn't really sit there and was just like, oh, okay, like... Like, I was shy, innit? Don't get me I was really shy. It's the first proper thing I've ever done. Mm. You know, reading scripts and stuff and, you know, you meet the director and he's like, no, don't worry about it, man. Just don't just say lines like that and that's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. also, remember, like, with these things, it's kids' TV, so there is that kind of little room for, you know, improvisation a okay, little bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the director was cool and it's just like, okay, cool, that's your bit. They say that line and that's it. And sometimes you like, like you don't know your line, but your lines are there. Yeah. So you've got your lines out, like, cool, you can't take it off. <laughs> you know, someone takes it from you and then like, woman mm-hmm. can't put the makeup on. And it was one of those moments where I did feel like, like, wow, this is, this is, is it, it, kind it, of thing. Did this you is, feel like that's your element, TV? Um, I don't know. I, did, I wouldn't say it's my element, but I did, I did have a lot of reflection of like where I'd started from. Yeah. So when I, when I mean like literally from, if you think of the start of this podcast of yeah. those moments, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. I'm like, right, I used to do Sunday show. Mm. Now I'm on CBBC. You know what I mean? That's actually acting. crazy, yeah. You know, so I think for myself, it was one of the... And that, this, this is my first major thing that I've ever done. Mm. And um, it was fun, man. I, I didn't look at it as like, I'm going to get something off the back of this. It was just enjoying the moment. And I think that was the coolest thing, enjoying the moment, you know, getting to know the people. And I think it's just one of the things of how, how it all works mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. Like I had to cut off all my shape, facial hair, for example. Was that um, a conscious decision or was it something that you was asked to do by your agent? No, I was asked to do it by the, by the, by the producer. 
Because I had to look young, basically. Ah, right, so it's like, you need to cut off your, your facial hair, like all the stubble and your moustache. Now, you can imagine I've had a moustache from my life. So, yeah. like, I'm like, cool, you can cut off all of that, but no now the moustache, because I look yeah. like a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually look like a turtle. I can't ruin my facial hair. So, um, yeah, fam, when they've done that, I was like, oh, mate. But I just thought, you know what? It's hair, and it? it can grow back. Mm. So, yeah, like, I had to cut off all the facial hair and stuff. But I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. And I'm going to be on TV and my friends and my family can see it and yeah, it was it was a good moment, man. And it treated me nice. Like the people out there were cool. Has there only been anything like your agency or you being part of, say for example, a channel, they've mm. asked you to do something that you haven't felt too comfortable doing or you was like, this is kind of pushing the boat out too far? No, I don't really, because I don't think I'm at that stage yet. I don't mm. think I'm there yet. You're not at that Dave Chappelle stage. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not at that stage yet. Yeah. Where they're like, can you do this? No, no, no. wear a dress. No, no, no. I'm yeah. not at that stage yet, just yeah. yet. No, no, no. Thank, thank God I'm not at that stage. Mm. Um, I'm in a stage where now I'm doing stuff, basically. Mm. And I don't really like to talk too much about what it is. Yeah. But I'm doing stuff in it. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. When it comes out, yeah. it's... But it is nice to be at this stage of like doing stuff and having meetings with this person and stuff is happening. So is this full-time for you, though? Know? Uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, full-time. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I always have and I always most you will until I don't need to. Um, I, I always have little part-time jobs in between. Yeah. Whether it's like Christmas time, like last year, I was working at Apple Yeah. Um, in between and stuff like that. But if you do this job, what I do, you need a part-time hustle in it. So I know like, people who are actors um, who can, like, you know, be on Hollyoaks, but they still have a little part-time hustle once mm. they finish. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I guess for me it's different. I'm not really waiting for the next big acting job. I'm because I'm still doing like the club circuit mm-hmm. as well, so I'm still doing it on the weekends. But like, you do need a steady income. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not to say like you can't do this as a career. Mm-hmm. You can, but you always need that little like. You think, but there's, there's tons of actors who work in places like call centers and whatnot. But your, that's that's not even your job. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? And the funniest thing is, I've I've been in other jobs where, for like the managers and stuff, that's their job. Yeah. That's their grind. And I go and I'll be late, and they'd be like, "Well, we keep being late. Oh, we have to let you go." And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Because I've got something that I'm doing, isn't it? This yeah. is just my side hustle, bro. Like, so, you do kind of do like I've done part time jobs in the past, so I'm just like, this is the side hustle. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You ever had those kind of moments though where? you wanted to not do comedy or you felt like, you know what, I've had enough or has it always just been an upward trajectory for you? Has there no, been no, that, no. that pit? Yeah, yeah. I, I've had bare moments where I'm just like, I want to quit. This is long. How did you kind of like, keep yourself going? Or like, what made you want to quit? Because I feel like... Sometimes, you know what it is? It, sometimes it can be a financial thing. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, do you know what, I just want to get a 9 to 5 now so I can afford to go on holidays whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And do all those kind of fun things that my friends have doing. I've got 9 to 5s. Um, sometimes it's a lack of um, drive and passion. Like sometimes I've, I've, I've just been like, I ain't got no passion for it no more. Really? And it's not like passion that I don't want to do it. It's just like, sometimes you go for, you do shows and you feel deflated. And it, I don't know if it's like you don't do it, it's more of like you're tired kind of thing. You need the boost. Mm. You know what I mean? And sometimes it, that might not be like, I need to do a show. You know, it could be me sitting down, my manager, I'm going to map out what we're going to do and... Like, we're going to do this, we're going to sort out this for next year and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of leave being like, right, I feel energised, I want to write, I want to do a gig. And so it can, it can just stem from that, essentially. It's so, not always, you know, I want to quit because I don't like it and it's not fun anymore. Sometimes, you, I won't say quit, that's always the wrong word. I want to have a break. That'd be the word can you afford to have a break? Um, yes and no. So a part of me, 
I feel like I, in my head, I feel like I can, mm. but I can't because when I look at my calendar and I see dates for weekends, 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 mm. I'm like, I can't cancel those dates. And then that's, it's that same thing I said earlier on. Sometimes I look at what I'm doing and I might need to go to Manchester for a 20 minute show and I need to buy a train ticket that costs 65 pounds. So mm. I might be getting paid, but then half of that paycheck is going for the train ticket. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm sitting there, I'm just like, but this is what, what I do it for though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's taking me months to get that show or... Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't really like cancelling a lot of gigs. Mm. Like, I done a gig last month, maybe two months ago. Bro, I had stomach bug, bro. Wow. And but you did it? I still done the, the gig, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, I woke up in the morning, my stomach was making vibes, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know the ones you're like, oh, my days, bro, why is, it, <laughs> why is life like this? Like, <laughs> who does this to the human body? Like, by the 24-hour stomach bug, innit? Um... Bro, my stomach was wrecked, bro. Like, I couldn't eat anything. I'm talking, I threw up. Like, cause sometimes I've had a bad stomach, gone to the toilet, been alright, drunk some juice, banana sandwich. Mm. I'm cool, innit? Nah. Ate some, ate some bread, drunk some water, it's feeling fine. Man, got that watery taste in my mouth. Went straight all out, bro. Wow. Like, I was mashed. But the thing is that this gig, I knew I wasn't last. Mm. But the thing is for me, the gig, you know, I live in, I live in Peckham, so I had to go all the way to Croydon. So it was just like, oh my days, that's so long, I need to catch a train. I had no energy, bro. I felt so deflated. I don't think I've ever felt like this in my life, innit? Mm. But I knew I had to do this gig because they promoted it for so long. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a gig for a friend of mine who's also a comedian as well. Mm. So um, it was too late to say, bro, I can't do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I still done it. I still done the gig, shut it down, and then basically went home, slept. And I felt better the next day mm. for like about a day or two. I was still a bit there, but... I don't like cancelling. I really don't like cancelling. And if I ever do cancel, it's like, it's a, it's a thing. You know what I mean? No, I get you. It's for a serious reason. But, so, in terms of like you wanting to quit and you kind of having, not quit, but mm. taking a break and you kind of feeling like, maybe I want to try the 9 to 5 life. Mm. Relationship-wise, mm-hmm. have you had partners or part, a partner now even who's discouraged you and be like, actually, Mo, do you know what? Like, this is getting on my nerves. Or, like, you've had people in your life that have been the, the doubters or they as Caliban no, no, referred to them. I've been very lucky to have very good support systems mm-hmm. everywhere. So, my girlfriend, she's really supportive. What I do, my family, mm-hmm. always been supportive. I've never had people where, sometimes it's weird. Like, sometimes, like my, my sister's been saying recently, she's like, oh my God, you're out, like, every day. Every weekend, you've got a gig. Mm-hmm. And there is times where I'm just like, well, that's, that's what I do now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. And you do, sometimes, like, I'm sitting there around with my family and, like, you know, my nephews, my sister, my mum and that. And I'm kind of appreciating these moments where I'm at home just chilling with all of us and mm-hmm. laughing and stuff. Because then I've got to then leave at that, at that time mm-hmm. to be like, i got to go because I've got to go here, there, or wherever. Do you know what I mean? But um, I've been really, really lucky to have, like, even friends, man. Friends that have always supported me and, um, which is hard. A lot of people don't have that around them. And I don't have yes men friends because some people have friends who are just yes men. Yeah. Family, you're the best because you see you, yeah? You're better than Chris Will. I don't have them kind of friends around me. Mm. I've got friends that I've grown up around for a long time. Um, even new friends that I meet day to day who are just genuine friends that will say, oh, bruv, you know, bruv, you, you should do this and why don't you try this at your show? Mm. I like that. And even some friends that will give me good like, uh, um, criticism at times, man, which sometimes when it's your friends, it's even a bit harder to take because I'm just like, why are you telling me that for? Yeah, no, like, it's harder to take sometimes criticism from friends because you feel like they know you better. Yeah. So why are they not seeing what you're seeing? Mm. Or what are they seeing that you're not seeing? And mm. it's like, wait, 
but we've been dogs for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. How are you not seeing what I'm seeing, what I'm doing? Like, you mm-hmm. should see the vision. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you can be disillusioned by that. Mm-hmm. But like, in terms of, you say, you've had a good support network, you've had a good partner. Mm-hmm. What about mentor- mentorship? So like, other people within your industry, so like, oh, other yeah, comments. Man. So like, other people I've met on this journey, like, for example, like Marvin Harrison, he was like, one of the first guys that kind of, he used to manage me, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like, that's what I mean, in terms of doing gigs, like, at a time when you, like, you got promoters and stuff, and <coughs> you don't really, like, <coughs> like, you don't really know how to talk to them. So yeah. I mean, have someone talk on your behalf, yeah. um, for me, was like, raw, like, you know, it was it was wicked yeah. for me, because I'll be honest, like, there was a time where I didn't really know how to ask for more money at a show, yeah, yeah. you know, bucks for travel or something like that. So mm. to have someone that would be like, yeah, he needs travel and this is the fee and stuff like that and tell me what time he's to be there, whatever, mm. whatever. Um, now that, that for me was wicked, man. And it's like loads of people that I've met on this journey and some people are not even just like, for example, like when I first started doing comedy, um, the poet, you know, James Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He started doing poetry at the same mm. time as well. Okay. So he, we were doing a lot of gigs together mm. kind of thing. And, um, yeah, like, just to see what he's doing now, you know, he's doing a lot of BBC stuff and whatnot. And whenever not clock, all right, we don't, we're not, like, we don't hang out, like, we, we don't hang out anymore, mm. basically. But I wouldn't say he's not my friend anymore, mm. because we were both doing it at the same time. And that's, I think, the most important people to have is, when you're on the journey, it's not always, like, people that are, like, this is what you should do, da 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 It's people who are on your journey as well, mm. so you're going through it with them. They're learning with them. Yeah, yeah, so if he's like, oh, bro, man, it's long doing these gigs, I want to da 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 and you're like, yeah, I want to do that as well, and... You know, it's meeting them people on the journey that you think, right, that person wasn't there for me. Not mm. even there for me, like, but just a, you know, like when you're coming home at a gig and whatnot and you're like, you're going the same way. That or, company even. Yeah, yeah, or be like, yo, bro, like, we just done the gig, let's go to Tinsel Town yeah, here. Yeah. Milkshake. yeah, cool, man. We ain't got no car. Mm. We catching bus home. Yeah. But you know, someone have that you can actually catch a bus home yeah, with and talk on the way there's home. There's no ego, it's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's those kind of small things that, like, when you're doing it now, you don't always, you don't have the luxury mm. to have. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like, me and my, my agent um, uh, manager, Polly and Gelly, as well, they've been a massive help for me because yeah. they kind of let me see my potential okay. as well, which is a potential I didn't I didn't know I had, if I'm being honest. So what was that breakthrough? So you said you didn't know you had potential. What was this potential? It's that potential that I can break into that mainstream. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And so did you doubt yourself? Did you think you couldn't? I just didn't think they'd get me. That's the only thing. Mm. Like, I'd always see myself as, like, well, I'm funny. Like, I make people laugh. I've seen... Like, I've done gigs and seen white people, black people, Chinese people, yeah. all laugh. But I'm like, can I do it in a room in Birmingham of all white people? Will they laugh? Was it more of a race thing? It's not a race thing. It's just that... Or was there an element of being... So sometimes there is an element of race because you think, like, okay, I'm the only black guy yeah. on the lineup. Yeah. It's predominantly more white people here. But I don't see that now because now I just see the, the comedy side, essentially. Mm. I'm just like, well, I'm funny. So they will get to know that I'm funny yeah. kind of thing. But back then, it was just like, they ain't going to get me. They ain't mm. going to know where I'm from. I'm wearing a hoodie, for fuck's sake. They're going to bring some any hoodie pack. Do you think sometimes that whole racial element is exaggerated? Um, with comedy. Not necessarily like, racially across the board, but within comedy. Do you think like it's sometimes over-exaggerated? Um, no, I don't think it's exaggerated. Because sometimes I, I still do these gigs today. And I come off stage, and some guy was like, man, I thought you was great, mate. Oh, literally, mate. You black guys are so funny. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> But the thing is, it's weird because he means this, he means it from a positive place, yeah. not from a negative place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But there is like the things where sometimes I go into gigs and the only black guy, I'm wearing a hoodie because it might be cold, I've got a hat on because it was raining, I've got like a, 
in a raincoat with some, you know, some Jordans on or whatever. And not, not so much, I mean, they're Jordans, but some, some kind of night crepes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. And I walk in there, and it's a small gig, and you go, like, it might be a room that's like a door, and everyone will see you, the audience, mm. kind of thing. You walk in, and everyone's looking at you, like, oh, who's this, who's this random black guy, kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's not like, I don't know, it's just like, I'm thinking to myself, well, they don't know. Mm. But I'm the comedian, but I'm shut it down in a bit, then they're going to know who I am. So, I don't know, there is like, I, I wouldn't say that, not that I, the thing is, I know it exists, but I've never felt it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my the scene is racist, because yeah. it's not. Yeah. I don't think that, personally. Yeah. But sometimes, like, I do a gig, and it is like, it's weird. It's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't really say that mainstream, but you do get, like, gigs where, you know, you turn up, and, you know, the, the guy who might be the sound guy is just being a dickhead, because, for example, I might use an iPad for sound cues and mm. stuff like that. And then afterwards, he's seeing you shut it down and he's your best friend. And he's just like, wow, what's all the hostility about yeah. kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that's due to, due, due to race or I'm being paranoid or what. But sometimes you do feel the vibe sometimes when, you, when you're at a gig. And like I've done, I remember doing a gig maybe last year, maybe two years ago. And the crowd was just very standoffish. Like they're mm. very like, do you know what I mean? Like, And um, I mean, even gigs that I've done, I've, I've done gigs recently and like I remember saying something something like oh, you know um, I remember I think it was had a joke about something and then the guy was just like alright mate don't don't rob me or something like that and I'm just like what? Wow. do you know what I mean but yeah. at the time I didn't even hear that and then mm. when I come to I was like oh, did he just say that yeah. kind of thing do you know what I mean like um, yeah like but I can't I can't hold you know you won't the actions of, of one to everybody do you yeah, know what I mean definitely, not, definitely. You know. so what's in the works going forward then? I think for me, it's just um, trying to progress a lot more. My material, well, um, I don't know. I think I don't really, I don't really set much goals. If mm. I'm being completely honest, I don't really sit here. I mean, I need to do this, I need to do that. So you don't have an, a dream as such. Um, I'm relying on that really. dream. Yeah. Like, it's really weird because I always used to be like, oh, we would love to play on like, like the Apollo, everyone can see yeah. that. Da, da, da. But I think that would be that would be a dream one day, or yeah, it's something like that because then that's. It's one of the things that one of my friends recently, uh, Dane Baptiste, he's really good comic man. He's been working so hard, man. And like, I think seeing him do it is almost watching me being like, oh, that, that's going to be me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he's been on Live with Apollo, you know, he's been on like Mock the Week and stuff like that. Yeah. And it is just, it's kind of inspiring when it's someone from like, you know, from my background, you know, he's from Lewisham, like he's a bit older than me, but it's one of them things when you see someone who's, Who's who's doing it? You're like, well, I can, I, I can do it too. Do you know, have, you, have you been seen as a role model? Then? I don't know, not that I've known. I've, I don't think I've. So you never had like anyone. a young comic come up to you and be like, oh, I really rate what you've done. You understand that? I met people that have said like, I've watched your stuff for years. You're like, mm-hmm. like I remember watching your stuff and you're really, really funny. So I've mm-hmm. had people in that sense, but um, someone told me a role model, not not that I've known of. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they did, then I apologize. I don't remember <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could be listening right now that like, I told him. Um, but I just think it's one of them things. It's like, don't look at me as the role model because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you could do better than me and I could be your role model. I don't think it's got to be a thing where just because someone's doing it before you, mm. they have, have, to, be they have to be the role model. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's some people that I look at that are, are, are younger than me, some some people, um, and they're doing really good in that field. And I'm like, rah, like, big up you, man. Mm. Like, And it's not even a comedy thing. It's just like to see that person drive at that age just to be like, rah, that's, that's sick, man, what mm-hmm. you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I look at someone like Stormzy, for mm-hmm. example, that's I don't know because he's younger than me and what he's doing from a musician 
and just watching that and just like sitting back and like, bro, like. Stormy's like the golden child right now. Like, literally everything he, is, he touches he, is gold. Do you know what I mean? No, like, people don't rate how I, much I work. I've done a gig, um, and I was hosting a gig, and he performed. This was before he blew in it. Mm. And I remember just being like, like, you know, being like, I make some guy, you know, Stormzy, you know, he's getting a lot of attention, you know, on radio and stuff, and he's going to be very big, kind of thing. And he'd come out, he'd done his track and stuff like that. And he wasn't, he wasn't even at that stage yet where mm. everybody knew him. And Sharp and all those things wasn't out yet mm. kind of thing he was still that kind of names have got their little buzz yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that kind of things but the crowd were just like oh, okay and i remember just meeting him and i said bro like good set man like you really done your thing like right like keep keep at him man. Oh, thank you so much man and then um just to see his his kind of work ethic from that yeah and um i was just like right that's just dope man that's interesting you know so then so you've got the dream i guess is the apollo to a certain extent. I think the dream for me, if I'm being a, I'll be honest, the Apollo and those things, for me, I don't think it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Okay. I know that sounds very ahead of myself. No, 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 but, no, no, no. You've got to affirm these things. But you I say that because things. I've said it before and it's happened. So, mm. <coughs> if it's me being like, I want to be on TV and acting, I've said it and it's happened. Because I always feel sometimes when you say it and then you put it in the universe... It's gonna happen. I yeah. know that sounds very. If you keep it, it locked in in the mind. Yeah. I think sometimes you need to say out loud for shit to happen. I think it needs. It's, I think it's the duality of saying it and working towards it. I yeah. feel like some people will read the secret mm-hmm. and be like, "Yeah, every day I'm just gonna say the same thing. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, be rich. Yeah. I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna be rich." But then they're sitting at home yeah. doing nothing and they think That's they're gonna it. be rich. But it's a duality or combination of saying it and doing it so that what you say matches what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it's all about. And I think that's what probably you do. You I say think, it. I think, I think a dream would be to make, to, I wouldn't say make a living off it, that's mostly the wrong word, just to have a, a good sustainable career from what I'm doing, because mm. I'm at an age, I can't turn back now, Yeah, I've been doing it for too long mm. for me to hang up my glove and say that's it, I'm it's done. It's like 10 years, right? Almost 10 years. I think I'm like 6, 7. Okay. But for me, it doesn't feel like that, it just feels like 4 years. So you feel the breakthrough, for the break, from the breaking point? When I look at the breakthrough of who I was then, I was like... I'm a new comic man, yeah. and I don't discourage myself, but like when I feel when I feel like how I have been in the past maybe like two three years, mm. performing on the weekends at regular nights and that for me I feel like a comedian in it. Mm. I'm not saying back then I didn't, but it's like I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like yeah, I'm a comic. I can say to people yeah, I'm a stand up comic. Mm. Where do you perform? I perform here. I perform. Oh, you perform there. Oh, great man. Da, 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 da. Mm. We might come. Yeah, I'll be there next month. That's when I feel like a comedian. Mm. A few years ago, I couldn't do that. It's like, where'd you perform? Ah, oh, you know, there's one bar, that's a show, come yeah. on. So now that you're the regular, regular I do, because yeah. I'm making a living off of it, and I feel like a comedian. Like mm. Everyone's most probably got their own idea for it. Some people might say, I've done two shows, and I'm a comedian, stuff like that. But for me, this is just for me, innit? and I don't mean to discourage anyone else who's a comic listening, or you could be a singer and say, yeah, but I'm a singer, and I've done two songs. I just feel that, for me, what I'm doing at the moment, and what I've done in the past four years, and that growth, I feel like a comedian now. Yeah. And back then I didn't because I was still enjoying it. It was like, if you go back all the way, back to where I started, it was that hunger. It was like getting my name out mm-hmm. there. And I would say, I don't, I, I have any saves. I always do. I was like, I do a bit of comedy. I don't, I didn't even say that. Well, people say, no, nah, I'm a comedian. So now it's affirms that you're yeah. a comedian. And the thing is, people have like, I've, I've met people like in the past and they've been like, oh, good little hobby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they come to a show and they see what I do and they stuff take, like that. They take you seriously. And they're like, bro, you're really good. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think that's it, really. 
You know, that's the, that's the best way I can describe it, really. So when is your next... What are your next shows? Um, what have you got in the pipeline that you can share? Because I know, obviously, oh, you've yeah, got to keep man. things quiet. So, um, so no, next shows... I've always got shows. It's quite hard because um, I do quite a few shows, like, in London and around that. Sometimes I might have a, sh- a lot of shows which are out of London, essentially, mm-hmm. or sometimes there might be shows where people can't really come. There might be, like, a fundraiser mm-hmm. or something like that. But, um, so, where am I? Um, I'm going to be at Angel Comedy Club, which mm-hmm. is at the Camden Head, uh, Camden Head, sorry, um, which is an angel, just so you don't get a bit confused. Yeah, that's a bit baffling. It's Camden very, Head. very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. I've had people go Camden on that now, where it's an angel, <laughs> isn't it? But it's called the Camden Head. <laughs> and it's kind of awkward on that. Uh, yeah. She did Google Maps or something. Yeah, I'm not from North London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in Angel called the Camden Head, Camden Head, but it's in Angel. So I will be there next month. I think I'm there on the 2nd of September. Actually, no, the 3rd of September. I'm there on the 3rd of September. Um, I, will, I think I'm going to be at Up the Creek. That's like a regular place that I do a lot as well. Um, they're just the ones I can think of at the top of my head. There's a few Anything other Anything outside of gigs? Because it feels like you I think Birmingham, are religiously with gigs. I'm, Birmingham, I'm in Birmingham. Jonglers. Yeah. I don't know if it's next month. Um, I don't know. Any projects? Um, projects. Uh, podcast coming out soon. Sick, sick. Podcast. Um, so there's a podcast coming out. Um, there's also, I'm doing some bits on a uh, Chelsea fan TV as well. Okay, but you're yeah. not fan though. No, but the thing is, it's centered around all of football. Basically. Oh, okay. So it's not for Chelsea fans. It is on Chelsea fans. I know. I know Wenger's not done, done the madness and he's <laughs> yeah, impressed, yeah, yeah. but you know, no, no. Allegiance um, that shit. no, because there's other people there like what, that. Cameraman, for example, he supports Liverpool. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, but no, the thing that I'm doing on Chelsea fan TV basically, it's me just doing a five minute little comedy segment on what's happened that week in football. Okay. Basically, um. So yeah, they give me a platform, and yeah, man, like big up to Rory at Chelsea Fan TV for letting me do that. I really appreciate that. Um, so that's one of the, the new projects I'm doing oh, essentially that's good. that people can see, which is on YouTube. And as I said, I don't really put a lot of stuff out on YouTube, but this is something you can see. You know, if you're a football fan, yeah. essentially, um, maybe if you. Like, I think it's good. Like even though you may not necessarily be the most social media person mm. or the most YouTube centric person, even if you're not necessarily doing it for promotion, it would be great to document. Because even when you was referring oh, earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were saying that, I wish I had someone that could just follow me around. Like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. a day in the life of a comic, and yeah. you doing all these gigs, I feel like some people under underestimate these gigs that comics do and how many gigs yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would even be dope to see that, just kind of... Do you know, I was thinking of something very, very similar to what you just said yeah. there. Like, um, and there is something, it's not, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to say it's happening, it's hard to say it's not happening. But I did literally think of that exact idea, mm. not from, from my perspective, but from others' perspective as creatives, okay. essentially. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is a YouTube thing that I would do. Um, and that's, yeah, so I put that, that's in the universe now, isn't it? So it's out there, and it's recorded, out there. so yeah, yeah, you've yeah. documented it, so we can yeah. refer back to this in like five years' time. If I don't but I'm it. not just saying it because you said it, and be like, no, no, no. But the thing is, you're <laughs> I was thinking of that thing, same thing, you know? Like, there's other people you can ask. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. But no, I, I was thinking of something very... Um, Literally just that, but it's a few other aspects I want to do. But I'm I'm a person where um, I have to look at the pros and cons and see if it works, if it doesn't work, yeah. and time as well. No, you know? time time is definitely one thing that yeah. is is the eater of most dreams. But more than anything, like even though like from seeing your growth from like how long like what's like six seven years now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like Sunday show to where you are now, it's like. 
from the bottom of my heart, I'm proud of where you are. Ah, oh, thank you. Like, Look, I mean bro. that genuinely Appreciate in a sense man. where you've always remained humble and you've always been approachable. Even coming to my podcast, like... No, it's cool, man. You, know I mean? you said, like, yeah, podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm definitely. Nice. Like, I think you know it's I mean? continually seeing you work and as much as you may not necessarily be necessarily moving with the times of everything documented on Instagram, etc. Mm-hmm. I know the hard work's there because I always see a flyer, be it with, say, for example, um, when you, you, you host, like, Lost World shows. Oh, know, something yeah, small yeah, as yeah, that, yeah, yeah. well, not even as small as that, but something yeah. as niche as that to mm-hmm. you know something a bit more prominent and a bit more larger. It's yeah. like you see no difference, and you reach out to both as if they're both, and you're gonna go hard. Yeah, with both. I think I think that's the thing. I think I see. I never see any boundaries. So yeah. if I have to host a music show, and because someone might be like, I really like your aura and the way you did it. Yeah, you do no, it so I think it's always been know. good to see that. But it's like it'll be good to like kind of catch up with you in like six to twelve to eighteen months time. Yeah, man. see your next growth, mm-hmm. and then we do a part two to this. You know? Yeah, man, part two would be fun. So, I where can the people next, follow you? The next 18 months um, is going to be mad because yeah. I'll be doing my Edinburgh show within that time. So. Is it? Yeah, so literally, if we do this again in 18 months' time, I would have just finished my Edinburgh show. Oh. My, my one hour show, which a lot of people say, well, yeah, when are you going to do like a one man show? Yeah, I'm going to be a f- your one man show. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for me, that was like a one man That was all like a lot of people said, let's do a one man show. Like, you know, you should do it. So I thought, I'm going to do it, innit? Yeah. I was going to do it. I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to do it. But this is. The one man, man show, innit? Okay. That was like the pre-show for me. Don't get okay. me wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? I had a lot of ideas. I tried. I, I can never forget your entrance to that one man show. That, that oh, entrance, yeah, one yeah, the yeah. Best entrance I've seen. Bro, the, I started the show just because of the entrance. Yeah. Like, I just seen the entrance. I was like, nah, bro. I'm gonna gas up the thing, bro. Let me get, <laughs> let me get all of the lights here. Yeah? Let me get the interlude bit. Because even before that, I had the whole. Dun, 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 dun. So I had that, yeah. Then I had the all of the lights bits, and then I even said to the DJ, I said, listen, bro, let the interlude play in it, bro. Yeah. Just keep because I had Doctor Cosmic, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Cosmic, he's doing a lot real of bits. He's doing real bits. Yeah, man. That's even it's even good to see someone like him because yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, when yeah, he was man. DJing for on Sunday shows. Yeah, like, it's yeah, crazy, man. man. And then, um, yeah, so they played that. If you know all the Order the Lights song, the interlude is a... Yeah. And then Cosby was just talking, innit? It's like, yo, man, you coming out, man. Oh, we know it's a, it's a long interlude, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm waiting around the corner, innit? So I'm like, yeah, like... Even in my head, I'm like, right, this interlude is long, boy. <laughs> Why is the interlude so long? And then it dropped, in it? And then the lights was going on in yeah. the thing. Well, man had to gas up the thing and smoke and... All of that, because man had a little like trousers on, little shirt. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I'll be honest in it. That that one man show for me, it wasn't about being like I want to do one. It was I swear on my life, it was just like I just want to do a one man show. Mm. And a lot of friends like that see me do comedy over the years. I was like, I just want to do a show for them. Yeah. They come out and and I just want to do a show, innit? Mm-hmm. I just had so much material. I just and I'll never forget, bro. I writeed for about eight weeks to do that show, and I read loads of stuff, and it's still there. People got a video, but. Yeah. I kind of done it just to do it. There was no like, I'm doing it for money. Mm. I'm doing it to get my name out there because I only put a five minute clip out there. Mm. And then I think since then, <coughs> also, <coughs> I think I might have even deleted it. Um, and that's not deleted it because I didn't like it. It's just like that's what I done it for. It was for that time Definitely. and at that time, and that's Definitely. why I done it. And. But yeah, that was that was that was amazing, man. Well, we we'll look forward to that one man show in eighteen months time. Oh yes, months time. yes, man. Yeah, tickets and, um, for you and then man. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'll make sure I got my tickets. Do that trek up to Edinburgh. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh no, no, no. I'll be doing London previews. Oh, of course, please, 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 please do so. No, because I have to do at least you have to do it for Edinburgh. You have to do bare previews. Isn't yeah, okay. So yeah. I have the work in progress one. So yeah. that's just me that like, trying a couple ideas. Mm. And as I said for my show, my Edinburgh show, I'll have bare ideas in it. Yeah. So it could switch from me to miming and doing something. So where can people follow you? Obviously, I'm going to plug you on yeah, yeah. Twitter and, and stuff. But... Um, essentially, um, follow me on the Twitter. I'm always on the Twitter, which is Mo the Comedian. 
Um, you can catch me on Facebook. There's a like page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to call it more support page. People just support the thing in it rather yeah, than definitely. fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Mo Gilligan. I mean, if you type in Mo Gilligan, it should still come up though, mm. as I can have an alias. Um, Snapchat, it's all the same. Mo the comedian, Instagram, all that. All, it's all the same umbrella. If you yeah. type in Mo Gilligan and Mo the comedian, one of them, one of them will come, come up. up. The SEOs will help yeah, you. Yeah, everything, bro. Skype, all of them <laughs> things. Mo the comedian, <laughs> man paid bills. Mo the comedian. Now. But yeah, it's all under that same umbrella, yeah. man. No, yeah. but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for been, having me, man. It's been great to just hear your journey and your story. Mm-hmm. But you know, follow Mo, go to his shows. Genuine guy, approach him. Most approachable guy I've met doing all these kind of shows that I've been to as well. But yeah, as always, that's another Finding Your Forte episode. And as always, find your forte, live your forte, and love your forte.